it's a lot better. The noise canceling on the Yeti mics is a lot better than the on my shitty Logitech webcam. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this looks that audio looks a lot cleaner. That's yeah, yeah. No surprising. Uh, Sorry, listeners, about the uh, first fifteen minutes of last week's episode. You'd think after almost three hundred fucking episodes, I would know what I'm fucking <laughs> doing, but apparently, not a goddamn clue whatsoever. Right? Like, just no, just snow flying by the seat of my fucking pants. All right, with that, let's get going. Welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance. This is the 289th weekly episode of our podcast where we talk about all things geeky and nerdy from a decidedly not safe work point of view. I am Tim. I'm going to be hosting this episode. I almost forgot who the fuck I was there for a second. I've had a long ass week. Did we open a Coke on the microphone? (laughs) Yeah. Now you can't edit that out because you made reference to it. That's why I'll leave it right in there. That's why I did it. I want to record it. Coming to you from Toronto, Ontario, and with me, I've got my partner in crime, Mark, coming from St. Catherine. Yeah, you know, I'm here. I got <laughs> yeah, nothing neither, else. neither of us can go anywhere right now, because we're both near, like, fucking idiot fucking freedom convoys that are blocking various well-trodden avenues. Isn't the Ambassador Bridge, like, fucking blocked and shit right now? That's over in, like, Windsor. Yeah, that ain't Oh, that's Windsor. Here. What are you guys, the Rainbow Bridge? Oh, we have a bunch of them. There's like three, yeah. Yeah, there's three of them. Surprised they're not blocking those ones. I don't think anybody's blockading any. I think they forget about us down here. I I mean, to be fair, that's pretty common, is to forget about, like, Niagara region. Most of the time, (laughs) people just kind of like, eh, it's down there. Yeah. Cool. You know. Shit. Mostly shit is kind of what's down here. They're like, (laughs) there are people. Yeah. Casino. I mean, does that even matter anymore? Like, you guys have the track right there. Right? It's true. Yeah, well, I can go. I can be in Woodbine. And, like that's what minutes. I mean. Like Woodbine has like a pretty functional full casino in it. So like, who cares about coming down to the falls? I mean, if you look at the falls, the falls are cool. Once, yeah. It's true. <laughs> After that, <laughs> you can only watch water run over a rock so many times. <laughs> really, it's not exciting every time. Um, no. What is really cool is when it freezes. Like that's when it starts getting kind yeah. Of cool. So. Imagine it had been it probably froze for a while. It was it had been frozen it for a chunk of time the last couple of weeks. Yeah. There's always a webcam running that you can watch like what's going on on the falls on. I'm gonna check it out when it's frozen. You hear a news report down here. That's how exciting life in Niagara is also. Just like about report, the weather. They'll report about like the condition of the falls. Like on the morning, <laughs> in the morning commute, kind of like talk show guys. Yeah. Great. Super compelling radio and podcasting. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> It looks great. Thanks, radio guy. They tell yeah. me more about how things look. <laughs> There's a reason why you're not supposed to be talking about the visual. Visual bits. Yeah, visual bits. Anyway, so let's start talking about the nerdy news this week rather than the Niagara Falls news because a bunch of fucking shit happened this week. The first one, we do have another death report, unfortunately. Douglas Trumbull, who was a huge dude in the special effects world, passed away at the age of 79 after a two-year battle with cancer. You will know his work from everything in the 80s, basically. Yeah. Like yeah. He did uh, work on Blade Runner, on 2001 A Space Odyssey, even before the 80s, obviously. On Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I believe he designed the ship, the ship in yeah. Close Encounters. Yeah, other stuff as well. Star so, Wars, like, Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek motion picture, yeah. The, the very first uh, Star Trek movie. So, yeah, just massive impact on... Fires are on our side. The, the visual effects of our our childhood, basically. Yeah. Uh, next, I had 
Oh, geez. A bunch of fucking Lord of the Rings news. So, Mark, you can just tune out. Cool. <laughs> so, we talked last week about those promotional pictures that got dropped. And this week, the big thing was just yesterday as we were recording this, a huge article in Vanity Fair that went into they, they were obviously on set and did some reporting from there, you know, back when it was in production. They had a whole bunch of like full photos, not just, you know, somebody's torso with some hands, but like full photos of a bunch of the characters, like production stills and stuff like that. They confirmed a bunch of characters, gave a bunch of characters names. They confirmed that there's a, a black dwarf queen, which sent the internet into fucking fits. And also that there is a black Cinderin elf as well. And that also sent the fucking racists on the internet into fucking conniption fits trying to talk about like you know the how the racial purity of lord of the rings is crucial to the story and shit like that what yeah all right cool uh yeah it's it's all this i'll get into it later because it's also my geek of the week it's been very divisive amongst the people that i know you know setting aside the diversity in casting which you know the people that i know are not assholes and so are cool with that but you know, there have been a lot of people having a lot of opinions in my circles about this and some saying it looks terrible and looks cheap and some saying it looks great and they're excited for it. And so, I don't know, I come down somewhere in the middle, probably a little bit more towards the, you know, anticipation, Alicia, maybe closer to the middle. I mean, we're both going to watch the fucking thing anyway. Yeah. There's short-haired elves, especially like the male elves are like short-haired, and that's got some people in a tizzy and stuff as well, because all the elves are supposed to have long hair and shit. And oh, like, I don't just as long as the fucking story's good, I don't, I'm not gonna nitpick over fucking short hair and shit. Doesn't that just make them Vulcans? Kinda. Are you just doing Star Trek then? Cool. There is the the Black Cinder and Elf uh, definitely has a little bit of a Tuvok vibe going. Tuvok was like the second best Vulcan that third. Really like Paul too, so like it's hard to say. There's a lot of cool Vulcans yeah. in Star Trek actually now. There, there was some stuff in the article too from the writers of the series um, and the sort of the showrunners too that alleviated one of the most common concerns was like Amazon's going to try and make this as like brutally violent and sexual as Game of Thrones was, and they flat out said like, no, this is going to be like you know, your preteens can watch the show kind of thing, and it's not going to be anything like Game of Thrones in that way. So. So it's going to fall in line with the movies then, basically, in terms of violence level. Probably some, yeah, I would guess closer to the movies than it will be to Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, yes. Anyways, the other big Lord of the Rings news that just came out a couple of days ago was, and I'm sure the Tolkien estate is doing this because of all the promotion and buzz going on right now with the Rings of Power, the Amazon series, but they have put up for auction the film rights again for Lord of the Rings as well as The Hobbit and the Silmarillion movie and game rights are back up for licensing by the Saul Zentz company who's had the rights to those properties since like 1976. So I think, I don't know if it's all going to go together or if they're going to piece it out or whatever, but if I were Sony, this would be one of those things I'd be eyeballing right now would be like, that's a good IP to have. Well, the Silmarillion, especially like the shit in there that hasn't been committed to film already, you know, or, or at least like, yeah, if I you're mean, Sony, the last thing you're worried about is film. The first thing you're worried about is fucking 4K Blu rays that pop into your PlayStation. They want true. that as a gaming license more than they would want it for anything else, mm-hmm. I would imagine. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure the bonus of being able to, like, because what do you do? You can't remake Lord of the Rings. You can't remake The Hobbit. And is there anything in the Silmarillion that would be worth filming as a oh, story? Yeah. There's some crazy fucking shit in the Silmarillion. Like, I mean, it's one of those things everybody says, like, yeah, I don't think you can make a movie out of it, but you could make a crazy anthology series out of it kind of thing. Like, okay. you know, some of the stories could take up a whole season. Some could take up, you know, two or three episodes or something like that. Yeah, but even then, that's still TV. Like, you don't get that box office money. You know what I mean? Like, you're not getting that, like, yeah. Lord of the Rings box office juju that, like, that's what people want out of it. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't think You're never going to be get... able to remake those movies. Like, in our lifetime, somebody will try probably, but everybody's going to be like, why, why? Do not do bad. So like, yeah. I don't know. For me, like, I, I saw that as, like, I was expecting one of the big two to snag it as a video game license. It was yeah. what I thought was the most exciting news that would come out of that. Because, like, the film rights to me seem moot at this point. Those movies have been done. Yeah. And they've got TV shows, like, on the go. I was confused that Amazon didn't just, like, out and out snap all of this shit up. Well, it wasn't all available at the time. The only thing that they were able to grab, the only thing that was sort of on offer at that point, was this appendices, the second age stuff, and they paid a pretty fucking penny for that. So the, this stuff has just come onto the table now, the, the Tolkien estate. You know, all this is happening now, likely because Christopher Tolkien died a couple of years ago. Right. And the, the people that are the younger members of the Tolkien estate don't kind of, who I think are probably still in their fucking 60s or something. Yeah. You know, are now saying, well, let's start licensing this stuff out again and, you know, living off of it for a while. I mean, fair enough. Like, go do whatever you got to do to get paid i guess so whatever i just like i definitely think like if i was sony or microsoft and i was looking for an ip to pick up it's not a bad one to do especially if you're sony and you can like figure something to do with it tv wise maybe yeah i don't know i think there's yeah i definitely think that there's tv stuff but yeah like you said i think there's much left to be done in terms of big box office kind of movies the obi-wan series got a release date and a new poster on the exact day that the book of mando fett finished on wednesday and uh, See, if you start with that shit now where am i gonna go later <laughs> come on man give me some get off my fucking cabbage patch Tim. like <laughs> i mean i i'm yeah i'll fully fucking cop to that one too so holy fuck the show supposed to look solid it's just obi-wan walking across the desert holding his lightsaber in one hand with like the two suns behind him if you took the lightsaber and the sun out from behind him you could just put jesus on that thing and it would fucking work oh, yeah. too so like it's 100 <laughs> percent. uh i mean i'm hoping for a little bit more atmospheric fucking like key art coming up no this is pretty early stuff so i'm always i'm waiting like you know vader's in this shit like let's just get the black mm-hmm. on black and red shit happening like yeah he art this thing already like We'll, we'll get it. We'll get a trailer that will have a yeah. That'll have a cheese desert shit. I'm tired of the desert stuff, boys. Like it's time to go somewhere else. Let's go back to Mustafar or something. Like let's burn some motherfuckers. I'm bored <laughs> of the desert. We have had a lot of a lot of desert. And, and I know we're going back. Like we have to because he's on Tatooine. We're going to talk about Tatooine and how it has basically become like the center of everything in Star Wars. What main character in the Star Wars movies never set foot on Tatooine? Mm. Leia is the only one I can think of offhand. Never, never actually sets yeah, Leia never gets there. Actually, no, never mind. She does Jedi because she's fucking Jabba. She's on even in Jedi. She's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right? she is. Yeah, but yeah, she's in Jabba. Maybe yeah. Palpatine. Maybe Palpatine. True. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember if Palpatine ever went there. And that's only if you don't believe the story that he's the one who went and knocked up uh, yeah. Shmoo. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like yeah, Shmoo, whatever. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, and I totally believe that. So he's been there too. Why does everybody keep going to Tatooine? It's like the Israel of Star Wars. Where all the Skywalkers came from. I guess. I the don't know. The most important thing in all of Star Wars. Anyways, the Obi-Wan series will debut on May 25th on Disney+, Plus, which will be a nice birthday present for me. My birthday is a couple days after that. And also, that is the night before the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim, too. So that'll give plenty of for people to talk about. It's also like the anniversary of A New Hope coming out, right? Like 45th anniversary of New yeah. Hope as well. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Everybody was like, it should have come out on May the 4th. I'm like, no, no, no. They played the long game and they got you on the 45th anniversary of A New Hope. There you go. Both of those are Wednesdays, though, so they could have done either. That's true. Maybe they were like aiming for May 4th and they were like, now nah, we're not going to meet that. So, oh, this date can give us three more weeks and still looks like we planned it. Yeah. I mean, hey, whatever <laughs> works for your marketing gimmick and whatever works for your marketing gimmick. Yeah. The next thing I had was we got the 2022 Oscar nominations and Dune is just all over it. Spider-Man No Way Home had a couple and No Time to Die are basically the only genre movies on this list at all. I'm pissed off that Denis Villeneuve did not get a nod for Best Director, although there is a, it's in there for Best Picture and Dune is also in there for Adapted Screenplay, uh, which is partially Villeneuve in there. Yeah, the him not getting best director is yeah, even, even to me is kind of weird. Especially so, when some of the shit in here is like just bullshit indie movie shit, like fucking yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson doing yeah. licorice pizza and shit like that. Like or fucking Steven Spielberg doing a musical. Oh, the West Side Story. Yeah, that one. I I've heard that that's well made. I mean, I have no interest in seeing it whatsoever. Yeah, obviously, because West Side Story. Like what I give a shit. I mean, fucking like. You know, musicals, especially musicals about like serious topics, are just total fucking Oscar bait anymore. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Happen so infrequently. That's true. I don't know. Good old Spielberg. I don't know. Then the the technical categories is where all our fucking movies show up, right? So Dune, oh, Free yeah. Guys, Spider Man No Way Home, No Time to Die, and Shang Chi were the best visual effect nods. Dune's in there for best cinematography as well, and then so's West Side Story, I guess. Best costume design, Dune's in there. Score, Dune's in there. I mean, Dune had like 10 nominations. Whatever. And they didn't give it a best picture nod? No, they gave it the best picture nod, best, right? Best picture, it's in there. Yeah, it's just not, not best director. Well, we've got writing and, you know, best picture, but not best director. But it's also like the other weird thing there is that they're still doing that thing where there's 10 best picture nominations, but only yeah. five best director nominations. So, yes. Well, it's also like, how do you not slide Spider-Man into a Best Picture nod then? You know what I mean? Just to like get people to watch. Because like legit, it's so dumb. If you just nominated it, everybody fucking watches the Oscars this year, right? Because you're like, man, maybe fucking Spider-Man would win. That would be cool because that was a fun moment for everybody. It's not yeah, going like to win. Like how excited everybody got the year the fucking the Return of the Batman. King finally got. Oh, yeah, uh, or yeah, or that, Batman yeah. or that got the fucking yeah. uh, Best Picture nods. Yeah. Like it would bring us in. But for some reason, they're like, we don't want those fucking Marvel nerds here. And it's like, well, yeah. why not? Like, bring us in. And that we've helped your ratings of your shitty, boring, fucking dumb Oscar show that I've not watched since I stopped working at a movie theater. I, I haven't watched it. it. I used to watch it um, up too. until maybe four or five years ago. And then I, I just fucking gave up on it. because like, I care about like a tenth of what's going on here kind of thing. I'm always interested in the technical awards more than anything else. Because I'm like, those yeah. are my people. I know those guys. Right, like those are the people I listen to podcasts from, and shit like that. Right, <laughs> but like, 
the stuff where it's like, oh, we're going to like give Clint Eastwood his 45th fucking statue because he's still alive. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I love Clint, but like, I don't give a shit anymore. But uh, combining a couple of our last news stories, something involving Denis Villeneuve and something involving Amazon Studios, there is a live action Blade Runner TV show in the works that will be Blade Runner 2099. So 50 years after the events, Denis Villeneuve's Blade Runner 2049. Ridley Scott is on board as an executive producer, which is encouraging, although Ridley Scott has, in his latter career, has started getting kind of spotty at best, let's say. Well, I mean, if they've got him and Denny Villeneuve in there, like to work on this, or like if they're just consulting. Well, this on one, it. I don't, I don't know if Villeneuve has any involvement with this whatsoever. Not, not that I've seen oh, so far. Well, then I'm less interested then. So, but, I mean, I love Blade Runner. I love that world. So, hopefully, this will be good. So. I've got that anime like stacked up to watch at some point too. So, I'll have to sit through that. Watch that one. It's, yeah. it's something I, I should have done that before I fucking started watching Disco. Uh, that's actually that's tempting. Now I was like, I was I'm not going to start discovering until we get to that last week, and I'll just catch up again and finish it because yeah, I watched the first half of the season. I mean, I'm not even through the fucking season premiere, and I'm already frustrated with it. Uh, yeah, it's not going to get any better, brother. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Futurama is coming back again. (laughs) There's another revival of Futurama that's been ordered at Hulu. With most of the original cast returning, with the exception uh, of John DiMaggio, who seems to be holding out for more money than Hulu wants to give him. We'll see where that goes. I think right now they have hired somebody else to do the table read, just to see if they can get away without bringing DiMaggio back. But Fans are fucking revolting all over Twitter already. They really like, it's too late, so I think they better fucking saddle up and pay Mr. DiMaggio what he wants. Yeah. Otherwise, this is going to fucking blow up in their face on them. Just like, Disney's so bad for this kind of shit. This is Disney, right? Like it's Disney Fox, owns yeah. this now. It's Fox, so it's Disney. Like, just pay your fucking creatives. Like, why is this so goddamn difficult? This shit brings in billions of dollars a year. Just give them their fucking pittance and like let them go away. Like you're basically giving them table scraps anyway. Like, just give them the fucking money. I don't know. Whatever. Very little sympathy for Disney right now. <laughs> basically, everybody else is back. Billy West, Katie Seagal. Yeah. Wes McNeely, Maurice Lamar, Soren Tom Philomar, David Herman. So, I mean, I, I'll i watch a fucking Futurama series any day, even if they don't have John DiMaggio voicing Bender. I'll still fucking watch it. It's not a make or break thing for me. I watch everything eventually, like, especially Futurama stuff. Like, it's not, especially once it became like, it reappears every, like, half a decade. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, I'm like, I'll get to it when I fucking get to it. It's just going to reappear again in five years anyway so like and they do so much great satire and shit like, yeah. like that too and now that we're past the trump era i'm ready to see the satire that futurama will give us of the trump era what fucking world do you live in where we're past the trump era where we still have dumb fucks driving trucks the trump and presidency well all right i still think the dumb fuckery of the trump era is greatly with us well, unfortunately so yes hopefully we're not in between trump years not kind oh, of- that's the other fucking concern i have right now so the Marvel Netflix shows are leaving Netflix. They will leave as of midnight, February 28th. So, you know, a couple weeks away, probably, as you're listening to this or less, depending on when you're listening to this. And there is no news yet about them showing up on Disney Plus. So Disney has not said, don't worry, we'll have them on Disney Plus starting March 1st or whatever. So there could be a gap. 
in availability of those shows. So I guess if you want to rewatch them, maybe go do it now. Yeah. I mean, I just rewatched Daredevil, so I'm good to go. But so it's all, all the Marvel shows that were on that were original to Netflix. So Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Defenders, and Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Six I'm expecting so. all of this to be on Disney Plus within like. I don't see why not. I mean, they got all that stars rated R shit on there anyway. So and there's no reason that they can't put other pretty rough stuff on Deadpool's there. Deadpool's on the main, in the X-Men category. It's so true. like, you know what? They can put anything they fucking want on Disney Plus. If Deadpool's on there, all fucking bets are off in terms of putting anything else on there for content. Sorry, because Logan's on there too. You can watch Logan, I'm pretty sure, also on Disney Plus. You want to talk about a fucking that's not even funny. That's just a hard R. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like they don't really have an excuse there. Just put it on there. Yeah. Hopefully. In Marvel movies that I like keep fucking forget are happening, that Craven movie is still happening and now Russell Crowe is attached to it. Marvel movies. Oh, that's a Sony Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh yeah, that's great. That's what the world is. Russell Goddamn Crow. My favorite actor. Only <laughs> second only to Kevin Costner in my fucking heart. It was really awesome when they were both the dads in Man of Steel. Remember how much fun I had with that? <laughs> I know, he Holy loved shit, that. My two least favorite fucking human beings on the planet. It's like why are they Superman's dad? Both Superman's dad. No wonder Henry Cavill Superman's a miserable prick. His dad sucked. Superman's dad at the same time. Yeah, they both suck. <laughs> My two dads. Yeah, that's Sucking. the series. That's the show I want to see. Is the odd couple buddy comedy with Russell Crowe as fucking Zorel and uh, uh, and Jor-El fucking or and Jor-El and and poor Henry Cavill just having to like live between the two of them. Like, fuck this! I want to die. Give me that. I, I'm. I, <laughs> I, I had a season of Superman and Lois. I'm done. Like that's fine. Let's yeah, let's go on to this. Enough. That's good enough. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch. I want to watch Teddy Pavel getting drunk in the corner because he doesn't want to talk to fucking Kevin Costner anymore. Either of his asshole yeah, fucking dads. Dipshit dads. Well, shut up. You're both fucking idiots. Neither of you know how to be Superman properly. Well, you suck at this. I hate very you. last thing. Very last thing I had this week is also DC related. Since we're talking about DC, DC put out sort of like a, a one minute. A sizzle reel with a bunch of new footage yeah. from movies they've got coming up this year. So stuff from Black Adam, which includes a lot of shots of the Justice Society, which I thought were all pretty cool. The Flash, basically Flashpoint, which I mean, they're leaning real hard into the Flashpoint. Like they're showing Barry going back in time and like trying to save his mother and everything with a voiceover of Michael Keaton. It's so reminiscent of the TV show that I'm just like, we just fucking did this like <laughs> i just watched this story is now you're gonna do it with fucking michael keaton back <laughs> like, yeah, and, and that's instead. i don't know man all right i mean like i'm all fucking on board i'm actually you know what i was interested in the most aquaman it's like oh yeah they're doing another one of these yep. aquaman movies that's, that's like the christmas release this year and i'm like i'm on board with that that's fine that's cool yeah. of me like i have no interest in almost any of the other ones like black adam looks like a power rangers movie Unfortunately, <laughs> I did not like that Hawkeye costume. That was rough. Oh, Hawkman. Not Hawkeye. Hawkman, sorry, Hawkeye. Fuck, I, like, I wish it was I like Hawkeye. the wings. I thought the wings looked good. Eh, it was a little like CG. Older. I mean, they look a lot like the Wonder Woman 1984, like gold. That's, uh, yeah, that was the wings. first thing I thought yeah. of when I was like, that's not maybe something we want to be invoking in my memory right now. But that's okay. <laughs> and then, like, that Flash movie, I, I mean, that looks like a mess to me. And then the Batman movie, I'm just, 
I'm completely lukewarm on that Batman movie. <laughs> like a three yeah. hour long, we're just doing this again. I'm like, all right. And then on top of that, like, have you seen the marketing they're doing? We're like, hey, Batman listens to Joy Division. Like Batman shouldn't. Yeah. Thirty year old Batman in 2020 shouldn't have the same fucking record case as my mom. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. 60. Bruce Wayne is Kurt Cobain and shit. Like, yeah, hey, Robert Pattinson saying that he used Kurt Cobain as an influence for his Bruce Wayne. Eat shit. He's listening to the Cocteau Twins. I'm like, that's the stuff my mom grew up listening to. For fuck's sakes, you know, I can like, see Joy Division. I can see. I can see Batman being uh, a fucking like morose motherfucker in the Batcave, blaring "Love Will Tear Us Apart" again after he breaks up with Catwoman for the fiftieth time. But like thirty year old one, like I can see if he was forty now, it would make sense to me. But like a thirty year old oh, Bruce yeah. Wayne, he used to like he's like a kid. He's gonna be into this shit. This makes, makes no sense. At least they're talking about Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain died. In 1994, it was 20 fucking like five years ago plus now, almost 30 yet. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Keith Ledger was referencing all this shit when they made The Dark Knight in 2008. We'll know if that's going to be any good soon because that movie's only a that's real close few weeks yeah, away like, at this point. Yeah, so lukewarm on it though. I just have no idea. When's it coming out? Oh shit, it comes out while I'm on vacation. It's like March 1st, isn't it? Or March 4th? Or March 4th. Or well, I'm gonna go see it, obviously, because the Batman movie. But I'm like three hours of that. <laughs> it's a lot. Did I miss anything, or was that pretty much it? That was it. All right, and we can move on to our geek of the week, which is the segment where we talk about the nerdiest things we've done in the past week or so. Mark, what's your geek of the week? I've been busy. Uh, I've been playing that new Sifu game, that Kung Fu game that came out PS5 and I think both PC as well. No, no idea. I don't know, it's just something that like randomly hit my radar this week, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So it's like a kung fu action game, basically. But the gimmick of it is like you get a talisman that every time you die, the number of deaths you've accumulated is how many years you age up, and you get to come back to life if you've aged that many years, kind of thing. It's a little complicated, mm. but like, so if you've killed five guys, you're five years older when you come back to life. No, 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 no. If so, like, if you've died five times, yeah. When you come back to life, you're five years older. Oh, okay. Right? Or plus, like, there's a, like an equation involved where it's like one plus that number kind of thing. You age up. So by the end, you're like aging like decades at a time. Basically, every time you die. <laughs> Shit. But it's kind of like... Do you like lose ability and like lose well, like speed and shit like that when you're like you, a yeah, fucking 90 exactly. year old dude kind of thing exactly like your health isn't as good and your speed's not as good but your technique's better so you hit a little harder kind of thing like mm. you're able to take guys down a little faster because you're better at kung fu because you've been practicing for decades in theory or whatever i don't know yeah, yeah. either way it's been killing the week very difficult but it's like a lot of fun it's like the arkham combat or like spider-man combat basically like two mm. buttons and like a dodge kind of thing you yeah. have to do so you're just doing that but it's like brutally hard also and because of this cycle where you're just having to like replay it over and over again because of the life structure of it, like the mm. way the talisman system works, like you're playing it over and over again. But like it's pretty fun and the art style is really neat. It was like 50 bucks on the PlayStation Store this week, brand new. Like it just came up this week and it was cheap. And I was like, oh, uh, it's reviewing well. I'll grab it. I need something to play. I'm bored. The only other thing I did this week was watch the Reacher show that was on Amazon Prime, which mm-hmm. was entertaining, but like schlocky. <laughs> I feel like I say that a lot. That stuff is schlocky fun. And it was basically that's what it was. It was like action fun. I would recommend it. If you've read the books, you're like, you know what you're in for, basically. And I don't know who has read those books. Like my parents read, basically, the Lee Child Reacher books. So Yeah, I think I think my dad used to read those, but 
not not my thing. Yeah, I've like I've read like the first book, like back in the day, but I enjoyed the show enough to like I'd probably watch another season of it when it pops up. It's on Amazon Prime, so yeah. like I'm gonna be paying for it regardless because <laughs> I'm not getting rid of Amazon Prime anytime soon, probably. My geek of the week has been arguing with racists on the internet about black elves and dwarves in the rings of power, but without getting put in Facebook jail. <laughs> Didn't we do this in the 90s when they made Tuvok black? And we were like, it makes more sense for them all to be black? Yeah. Because they live on a yeah. desert planet. Wait, what are we talking about? We're talking about Lord of the Rings again, aren't we? Yes, it's, it's all, right, all the same fucking shit over and over again. Sh- same shit, different day, different show, different series, whatever kind of thing. And yes, it's a lot of it has been in spaces where I have not been able in like Facebook groups where there are, you know, rules of engagement and shit like that. So I'm not able to just go like, hey, stop being a bigot, bigot. But like I have to or like tease it out of them and get them to say what they actually fucking mean. And then then we get them kicked out of the group. So that was fun. I got like a good number of racists like ejected from a couple of Facebook groups and shit like that, which is always nice to clean up those spaces or, you know, just kind of nudge them until the trash takes itself out kind of thing. I'm glad I got you a PlayStation and we don't need to find you another hobby. That's good. That's good. I like that hobby though. I just give up. I hate it. I hate all of it. I hate everybody. Talk about Star Wars. Something that I really Let's love. Let's do that. Yeah, exactly. Something Mark loves. At least at least uh, that you like more than racists. <laughs> <laughs> so then it means it's time for our meat of the episode. Partially digested Mandalorian meat. Well, really mandalorian he's a clone Fucking he's a clone, clone of a mandalorian but he has mandalorian armor so go with it i don't know he doesn't really have any any direct link to mandal or anything that'll be something that'd be interesting to see them explore in future seasons is like whether you know if they do go back and like actually take mandalore and try and reestablish mandalorian society if they accept or reject boba fett technically isn't Jin like Jin their king now because he has that blade yeah he's the leader because yeah because he won the dark saber in battle i love the memes that are on facebook that are like i got this dark saber toy uh but i had to kill my ups guy to (laughs) pick it up or whatever kind of thing yeah Yeah. i mean fair (laughs) enough so yes we are talking this week about the book of boba fett which just had its finale a couple days ago as we were recording this seven episodes on disney plus or like i said could be Book of Mando Fett if you want to, because it was made really only like five episodes of Boba Fett and then a couple and a half. of like, yeah, yeah, a couple of Mando and Grogu, the Mando Grogu show kind of thing. So, I mean, one of the episodes was like almost a fucking like episode of Star Wars Skywalkers because like Luke showed up and just like hung out for fucking like an hour. It's true. Also, yeah. so like that was a thing that happened in this too. It was anything, anything <laughs> but Boba Fett was going on in the latter half of the season, basically. It's very- so well let's tell people what happened in the book of boba fett mark what is the plot of the book of boba fett besides mando doing dances with sand people mando doing dances with sand people that's or, what boba uh, fett boba doing dances with sand people. that yeah. is the plot of this was <laughs> boba fett all the, like, the whole flashbacks with sand people yeah. yeah so it starts i'm pretty sure it starts with him waking up in the tank right the first episode Trying to remember yeah, now. that's it. Starts well. It, it's him in the tank, and then he flashes back to being in the Sarlacc. In the Sarlacc, yeah. yeah. So like, it, so it, it starts with Boba Fett. Like we we watch a flashback of Boba Fett barely escaping the Sarlacc pit that swallowed him in Return of the Jedi, 
and is left for dead by the Jawas that stole his Mandalorian armor that is going to eventually end up in beautiful, beautiful Timothy Oliphant's hands. So always very... <laughs> that's the other person who showed up and I was like, hey, anything but Boba Fett. I'm glad it's Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> like, I'll take me. that. No, <laughs> like, no Boba Fett. <laughs> so he's got, like had his armor stripped off of him by these Jawas, and now he's wandering the desert. He's picked up by a group of Tusken Raiders, and just like he can't escape from their camp because he's been beat up. This, this is where we start, like, we're just going to beat up Boba Fett for a whole episode. Yeah. We're going to make Boba Fett look like a dumb shit. It's Pinata Fett, basically, is this whole season. Is... Yeah, he just gets the fucking shit kicked out of every time he fucking gets up in the morning. I don't, there's no reason why he's in that pocket tank every goddamn episode. It's because he literally gets punched in the face. The other problem is he's always taking the fucking helmet off. Keep the helmet on, you won't get punched in the face all the fucking time. You know what I mean? You want to put so much time in the goddamn tank. If well, you he's keep not your armor from, like, on, the, he's, he's not shit. orthodox Mandalorian, though. No so shit. that's why he did take the fucking helmet off all the time. Like Din is. I got a rant about like the weird characterization of like, we're going to change Boba Fett, but then we're going to bring what Boba Fett used to be back and show you him next to. And we're going to show you the new version. <laughs> and it's like, why are we doing this now? This is not a good look. Anyway, so he can't escape from their camp. They cut to. Five years later, where Fett and Fennec Shand, who have now taken control of Jabba's criminal empire on Tatooine, because we're just always on Tatooine forever now, <laughs> they're receiving tributes from local dignitaries, and they also gain the service of two guards, I guess, the Gamorians. Gamorian guards, yeah. The pig dudes. The green, I know pig, who they dudes. Are. The green pig dudes. I know who they are. I just <laughs> I didn't know what they were called. In case our audience doesn't know that the green pig dudes from... Jabba's Palace or Mandalorian or uh, Gam- Gamorreans. Gamorreans. I, I think that those are the same Gamorreans that were... I think it's the same two Gamorrean dudes. Wouldn't they be dead? Weren't they on the barge? They should be dead. I, well, I don't know. I, I can't Maybe remember. It's the, last all two of... got left the, it's the last two yeah, that got left in the palace. They, they were, yeah, they were the dudes that were on housekeeping duty, right? They were like, like house duty I'm, that day. You yeah, exactly. suck, eh? You get the call or like, everybody's fucking dead. Like, what do you mean? So like every like the Jedi attack and like you guys aren't getting paid dead. this week. Yeah. Is what we're saying. Basically, make sure you stay in the house because otherwise you have no place to stay either. You know what I mean? Like they're You're fucking unemployed. Dead. Yeah. yeah, your boss is dead. The Jedi killed. It's <laughs> not good. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so they've inherited these guards. So Fett and Shand, who's criminally underused this season, like the complete birth of Ming Na Wen. There's there should be. Twice as much Mignol Wen as there is in this show, considering what the show's about. That's what I mean. Yeah. She's cool as shit. Why are you not using her more? Also, pretty lady, take the mask off. Anyway. She has the mask off. Man. She's just not yeah. doing badass stuff when the, when the mask that's is true. off. That's true. I don't know. I can I just, understand I felt... them like, wanting to use her, not wanting to overuse her, let's say. yeah. I don't know. She's just so cool. She's the coolest part of this show, is not the Mandalorian. I would have been leaning on her a lot more. So, But I'm a yeah. big like Mignol Wen mark, so what do I know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They go to Sanctuary, which is a cantina in Mos Espa, I think. Yeah, where the Max Rebo band ended up, apparently. After. Yeah, they survived, apparently. Yeah, they moved way the fuck up to Mos yeah. Espa. Mos Espa, which I, I put this out on Twitter. Can you, can you delineate the difference between Mos Eisley and Mos Espa? Are these different yes, things? Yes, I can. Mo, yes, Mos Espa is apparently the Las Vegas of Tatooine, whereas Mos Eisley, in hindsight, is clearly the Atlantic City of we just Tatooine. go with Reno? At least then it's in the same Reno. Sure, let's say let's say Reno. Yeah. It, it sucks equally. Moss Eisley is the shithole, like really sketchy fucking place with like oh. the dirty casinos and oh. like the nasty fucking dive bars. You, yeah. Have you ever been to the place on the border of Utah and Nevada where the Mormons go? That little town. No. 
Oh, you got like go. Biloxi. Let's say Biloxi somewhere sure, like that, that kind of thing. Right? Like, That's a good one. We'll take that. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> whereas, whereas like Mos Espa is clearly like the okay, it's brighter and shinier, and this is where the, the hot fucking people go and shit like that. But it's still got a seedy underbelly to it. If you get off the main strip, like you ever been off the Vegas main strip? Oh. That's where like the well, we'll talk about the mods later. But that's like where the the mods hang out and shit like that. Yeah, I mean at least it's uh that's who's it Jennifer Beale that was that played that toilet. Yeah, yeah, Jennifer Beale. yeah, yeah. Quip is Jennifer Beale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. I mean I, I'll look at her cleavage. She's cool. Good times. She's good. I, mm-hmm. I was annoyed when they killed her. I was like, oh, gonna, okay, I kept coming yeah. back to her. I like that actress though. So yeah. whatever. Either way, so they're in there. They're talking to her. She offers tribute also. But immediately they're outside the cantina and the group is ambushed by a group of assassins who they fight off. Mostly they talk to these guys first. Yeah. Well, we've we've already gone from like Western movie to like mob movie and now we're in a ninja movie. Yeah, we're in a samurai movie now. Absolutely. <laughs> samurai movie comes later. This is the ninja movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're basically interchangeable in terms of like, <laughs> it's all just we're stealing from Kurosawa. That's what oh, yeah. these I'm- do is just steal Kurosawa tropes it's cool it's cool it works really well that's what this is supposed to be like star wars is also yeah. supposed to just be like western and samurai tropes which is dope and just match it together now we've got Ooh. some godfather in there too i mean it's all noir eventually like especially like when it comes to the the crime side of it they've always leaned on the kind of noir stuff like job was always yeah. kind of like a crime boss noir thing anyway so oh yeah yeah works perfectly but yeah they work like assassins and shit so they fight them off chan captures one of the assailants like they have a chase across the rooftops, which is dope shit. She's badass. Yep. I'll get out. I mentioned how much I like Ming-Na Wen so far. No? Yes? <laughs> All right, cool. I think so. the, the guards take an injured vet to the palace and put him in the back tank, which is basically what he does for the entire fucking season is just float around in sleeps. a pool and sleeps and dreams. If I had like that kind of money and I was like a crime boss, I think I would be taking a lot of like relaxing long baths as well. A lot of Twix running around with their cleavage hanging out. I think I want to be hanging out with as opposed to just like well, you invite them into the back to tank I mean, with you. He never does though. So there you go. <laughs> Either way. Maybe he's gay. Maybe both is gay. I mean, be, I mean that's fine. Or ace. Like, he could be asexual. We don't know. Tell me. You know what I mean? Like show him getting down. Like show him chasing yeah. that. Like maybe he goes he after He never Mando. really does seem like super interested in tail or anything like that, right? Like he's, he never goes either way. Because the other two, like the male two, like kind of like prostitute that's at that brothelly place kind of comes yeah. onto him too and he just like he looks at both of them and just like shrugs them both off and i'm like oh maybe the clones don't have junk maybe, maybe the clones are like eunuchs this is deep lore star wars stuff if you if you want to get into it i can talk star wars conspiracy theories i'm yeah. on board let's do it yeah way more interesting than like what basically happens while he talks to these people like, about maybe, maybe boba's like a ken doll down there it's possible they all are all those clones were <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, stop them from getting. Well, they they still get in trouble, but stop them from getting in that kind of trouble. They wouldn't get horn horns. You know what I mean? Like true. you want to get all randy. <laughs> you want to get the kids getting randy at thirteen when they're growing them. Did you say horn, horn horns? horns? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> that's a new one for me. I'm high as a fucking kite right now, so like, let's fucking go. Anyway, so he's in the fucking pool, just like I swear to shit, this dude is in that fucking coffin thing a lot. I would be so claustrophobic in there in water. I'd be like, oh, get me out. Anyway. Bet remembers his time with the Tuscans again. He and a Rodian. I just like that at least the the Wikipedia synopsis has the races alien names, yeah. Really alien species in there yeah. so that I can say them because I sound smarter that way, but like I really don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> the Rodians are the fish headed spiky head guys, right? Rito. Rito is a Rodian. Rito is yeah, is a Rodian. They're forced to dig for these black melons in the desert that grow somehow in the desert. 
that have water in them. They're succulent or something, I guess. Kind of weird. It's like a cactus. They're just like everywhere. Anyway, they get attacked by a large sand creature, which is dope as shit. It's like another cool like creature yeah. effect. It's it like some us. mythological shit. Like it almost looked like a fucking crazy lizard centaur kind of thing. That was like some like old elder gods, like Cthulhu, like Asian of Cthulhu oh, yeah. kind of shit. It was pretty cool. I, I was I'm on board for the creature design they've used. That's like oh, the yeah. one reason to go back to Tatooine is they can just keep whipping up these fucking horrible things out of the desert. And you're like yeah, I crazy that fucking lizard there. animals and yeah and giant mammothy kind of things. <laughs> you saw a dragon in Mandalorian, so like I guess anything could be out in that fucking Tatooine desert. Yeah, it's so cool, I guess. Anyway. The Rodian fucking gets ganked by the, the creature, <laughs> but Fett kills the creature and saves up one of the, the Tuscan kids. The tribal chieftain, I guess, or one of the chieftains, like offers him a black melon, and I guess that means that he's been accepted as part of the tribe, even though he never well, actually at least wears. It, at least he's not like a slave anymore. Or whatever, yeah. Basically. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. That was pretty cool. That's the first episode, I think. Episode two starts with uh, Fett and Chan interrogating the captured assassin. Who claims to have been hired by Mok Shais, who's the mayor of Mos Espa. Shais. Orion. Sure. He's one of the. What do, you, what do you call that? That's a snail. He's a snail dude. Yeah, snail dude. Yeah. He's the mayor of Mos Espa. They go into town and, like, he denies that he had attempted to have them killed by the assassin, but he offers them payment to Fett for capturing the assassin. Like, he's still a bounty hunter and Fett gets pissy with him, right? Yeah. Because Boba Fett's not a bounty hunter anymore, but we no. don't know why yet. Yes. Also, he's. He will not raise his hand to fight anybody. He just will take a punch to the mouth and just sit there and take it. I feel like he's operating on the Rocky Balboa principle at this point, right? He's just like, I'll just take all the punches. That's what I can do, kind of thing. Yeah, but put your fucking helmet on. <laughs> right? Rocky, you didn't, Rocky get... didn't have a fucking helmet. Well, but I mean, like, that, that's why he sounds like that, though. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> True. One too many right? punches. He punched the fucking head too many times. Eight too many fucking punches, really. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, the, the mayor informs, basically tells Fett that a pair of Jabba's cousins, two huts, are looking to take Jabba's place on Tatooine or like in this region or whatever. Yes, the twins. So they show up with the Wookiee. twins, I'm guessing, because they don't look anything alike each other, except that they're both bad fucks. I mean, they both look like Jabba. How could you tell the difference? Yeah, one, one, is, I think one's clearly female because I think she like has some makeup on and like, I think one's I, I can't confirm female. this. Or maybe okay. I'm just maybe there's a Mandala effect going on in my fucking head right now. But I feel like the female hut had eyelashes. <laughs> That's how you denote female versus male in like a any sort of non-human species, right? I think you're fucking higher than I am right now. <laughs> but okay, sure, we'll go with that. Somebody, way. somebody confirm that for me and post in the comments whether the female hut had eyelashes. It's like the like, like you're, you're saying it's it's Java in, in Bugs Bunny drag. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For fuck's sake, Tim. And and Mando's Elmer Fudd. Or Boba Fett's Elmer Fudd. Oh fuck's sakes! I hate my life. Anyway, <laughs> they try to intimidate. They show up and they're giving him shit. And they've got this giant Wookiee bounty hunter, Kersantin. He's from the comics. We I have seen him from the comics before, so that's cool. And they try and intimidate Boba Fett, but it doesn't work. Even though I'm pretty sure they beat the shit out of him again, and he ends up in the box tank that night anyway. Fett remembers while he's floating around in the water again, remembers the Tuscan Raiders teaching him their combat and survival skills and stuff and like how to like be a better Tuscan Raider, I guess. Which is basically just them beating the shit out of him again, but this with time sticks. with coffee sticks. Yeah. yeah. So after the tribe was attacked by Pike Syndicate Spice Train, I 
Sure. The Fett stole speeder bikes. Yeah, Fett steals speeder bikes, right, from a nearby gang and, yeah. like, teaches the Tuscans how to ride them, which was fun. Like, that was a cute little sequence, a little montage yeah, yeah. with, like, the dumb Tuscans learning how to use uh, the speeders and, like, flying off and stuff. It was funny. Yeah, they wiped out a bunch of times and they finally got it. Classic fucking training montage. To be fair, we've done this before. We watched the Ewoks learn how to use one of these things in a little sequence and almost killed themselves, the little idiots. <laughs> this is true, yeah. So there's that. I have seen these movies, you know. I don't like them particularly, <laughs> but, like, I've seen them. So he leads this tribe to a successful, like, attack on that train that's been running through and killing them, kind of, whatever, and, like, warns the survivors. Super Western, like, great train robbery kind of situation. And, yeah, excellent fucking sequence. This show's so fucking weird, because it's, like, part of it's, I'm like, why don't you see him talking a lot? And then they have this dope-ass action sequence. You're like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm watching this. And then it goes yeah. back to him just, like, floating in a tank and talking to people for the next hour. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? And then another dope-ass action sequence is happening. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, Star Wars. Sorry, I forget every once in a while that I don't have to pay attention to half of this shit. It's just eventually a bunch of blasters are going to go off and then I got to it's When it's just a crime boss movie, it's <laughs> not super exciting. I can just kind of listen like, to it. Yeah. yeah. And like look up every once in a while to see like how many fucking special effects they're putting on screen at one time. There's constantly just like a plethora mm-hmm. of aliens everywhere and it's dope shit to watch. A lot of it isn't CGI. Like they built fucking Moss yeah. Espa and oh, shit yeah. like that. It's like, awesome. I mean, but so, it's cool as shit. So, yeah, so much of the aliens and shit are practical too. So. Especially when you get like big cadres of like different species of or like different yeah. yeah species of races like living together in like little corners and handing each other guns and shit like they're all part mm. of like little whatever Rhodian street gangs and shit. I don't know what the fuck's yeah, going on, yeah, but it's yeah. cool like the way they kind of segment them off and there's lots and lots of them makes it feel more like oh there's actually aliens they live with as opposed to just like there's one. There's one, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's cool. I like they get to like kind of build the world out with the extra Disney Plus money that they'd be spending. Nope. So he's in the back of the tank. He remembers the Tuscan Raiders teaching him their combat and stuff. Okay, so this is where he does the, the lizard thing, which was also kind of fun. It was gross. That one was weird. It was, like, it was kind of, it was cool. It's got like, this. there's some like Twin peaks nonsense to it. it. There is, but I expected it to be more like, not more like him having, a, you know, more fucking visions of his past and his childhood. Like, not like flashback within a flashback kind of shit. I wanted it to be more like him having premonitions about his future. Like, you're having a fucking vision quest or some shit, not just being like, I'm high as fuck and I'm having acid flashbacks kind of thing. And now I got a stick. He did make that stick, though. He did. I like that, actually. That sequence was good. I like watching like the ritual of him making his own goffy stick with while well, the Tuscans helped him and guided him through it and everything. That's cool. Went maybe a little longer than it should. There's a lot of stuff in here that's like they dwelled on this the uh, the Starfighter too, which we'll get to. Like that they dwelled on that a long time. Yeah, see so you know what the problem is, is because we've already seen him get his armor back, and that's the actual beat you want, right? Yeah. They've already they're trying to, that they're beat. trying to recreate that. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't really work because like, oh, he got slave one back. Great. I don't care. He got his armor back already. Like that's the important part of Boba Fett, right? Basically, to most people. <laughs> Getting slave one back and then what he does to the Sarlacc is pretty fun though. I love that they use that bomb again. I love that yeah. bomb. It's like my favorite part of the bomb. Story. The, the THX bomb. The THX bomb is my favorite <laughs> part of the entire prequel trilogy. Like literally, I swear to God, the THX bomb is my favorite part of the like all three of those movies. Like it's my favorite effect out of everything that happens in all three of those shit movies. <laughs> anyway, so now he's got a coffee stick. They they seem to like they leave the show a lot with him in a flashback. You know what I mean? Like, like it closes like the first couple episodes with him like flashing back to this Tuscan stuff. I'm like, that's really strange, but okay. Some of the cut points between the episodes are kind of are kind of wonky. Weird, I agree. Either way, so chapter three, Fett 
is asked by a, he's like a watermonger, like he's a water like silver, yeah, whatever, yeah. to punish a gang of cyborgs for stealing his water in Mos Espa. Watermonger, who is Steven Root from fucking News Radio and a bunch of yeah. other shit. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he's pretty cool. He's funny as shit too. Usually, he's pretty good in this. I didn't. Also, the dude from Office Space. Yes, you, you see my red stapler? Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing that popped up right after that episode aired too. Was like the him asking Boba Fett for his red stapler back. It was like immediately like <laughs> yeah. the first meme. Yeah, it's a red, it's a red swing line stapler. He's really funny. It? That guy, that guy's hilarious. He's been yeah, tons of great, stuff also. But they're stealing his water and uh, claiming that the citizens of Tatooine do not respect Fett yet. So like cool basically boba fett goes out to confront this gang sees that like the reason why they're doing this is that they, they don't have a job and basically hires them to be his like gang of fuckwits muscle like yeah, yeah his muscle on the street and then basically just tells milton that he has to reduce his prices I think is what <laughs> yes, can happen, right? exactly yeah tells milton that he's charging too much for staplers basically yeah. what yes that's it not water yeah <laughs> anyway so back to his bakta tank fett goes <laughs> fuck's sakes Flashback. Yeah, flashbacks again. Oh, <laughs> anyway. So now he's going out to the Pike Gang to seek the toll that he had told them they were going to require to like cross the Dune Sea. I guess at that point, right? Like that's what it was, right? Yeah, I don't think we actually said, but like during the Great Train Robbery, like they yes. fucking like take down this train, and then they yeah. tell the Pikes, like you don't get to fucking go this way anymore without paying these people who have like basically indigenous land rights to this land. Yeah. You have to pay them a toll to go through their land. Kind of thing. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, okay, I guess. Yeah. But they kind of do. And then kind of don't Well, actually no, Cause yeah. what they do eventually is just like turn on that gang and kill. Yeah. They say that, that they're already paying protection to somebody else. Basically. Yeah. This other gang. That's right. Yeah. So that speeder bike gang, I guess, I guess. I don't know. I can't remember anymore. Uh, it's not really super clear. So what does it say here? No, it says, in his box of tank, Fett recalls seeking the toll from the Pikes on behalf of the Tuscan tribe, only to find the tribe destroyed by the Nikto gang on his return. Yeah, it's the None of this well, makes he, sense. Thinks, he thinks it's the speeder bike gang, the Nikto right. gang. But it's not. Yeah. It's actually the mayor and his his cronies that we find out it's in episode the seven. Pikes. It's, yeah, the, 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 the yeah, Pikes says syndicate. later that right. yeah, the Pikes syndicate were actually the ones, but they like spray painted the speeder bike gang symbol to frame them for killing his his tribe basically if it hadn't been in the middle of like another half an hour of them just talking about this shit i probably would have caught that a little bit better but it was kind of in the middle of a chunk of it where they're just like i wouldn't say it's convoluted but it's a lot it's convoluted for star wars star wars is normally yeah exactly like star wars is normally pretty fucking straightforward this starts to get into the space where like Oh wait, I actually have to pay attention because like there's shit that's not what it seems. Which is fine, but like I think it could have been explained a little bit more clearly. That was like not like I sit down like I'm not watching these when I'm watching them. I sit there and watch them, but I was like, wait, what did I miss? Like I missed something. Mm -hmm. Also, this is like five weeks ago now, so maybe I'm just forgetting it at this point. I didn't rewatch them. I rewatched them all. I did not. Yeah, so all this shit is happening, and he's still in his tank, and he's interrupted by being attacked by uh, Cursant. Santin? How the fuck do you pronounce the, the Wookiee's name? The Wookiee Santin. Here's Santin? Yeah. Fett, Shand, and the guards and the cyborgs fight off the Wookiee and then capture him. The twins apologize for sending for Santin that uh, the mayor, Chase, had promised Jabba's territory to another syndicate. I guess the twins vow to leave Tatooine and yeah. they give Fett a rancor, which is cool, and we will find out 
wise. Exactly, a rancor that is being kept by Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, yeah. Machete. By, by Machete, yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to say Machete. <laughs> yeah, I always say Machete first, and then, then I get to Danny Trejo. Yeah, no, Danny yeah. Trejo. That was cool. I was like, I'm, I mean, like, that works. Directed by Robert Rodriguez pops up like five fucking times this year. He's oh, all yeah. over these shows. I remember him, and I don't know if this is like, I think we talked about Robert Rodriguez and like the way he makes movies being basically the way they're shooting these now, where it's just like everything gets happened in a warehouse by the same team. And now, especially yeah. with the, the volume and stuff, it's like his dream. Because he was the one who made Sin City and stuff like that, right? And those Spy Kids movies mm-hmm. that are all like just super CGI backgrounds and stuff like that, where they just shoot it in yeah. the warehouse and CGI everything together after the fact. And now and now they have those like huge fucking yeah. now they got the volume. LED screens. Yeah, the volume behind them. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, he must just be fucking like a kid in a candy store with this. He's like, they're finally doing these movies the way I've been trying to get them to do these fucking movies for 20 years. Yeah. And now I get to make Star Wars because I'm friends with Fabs. Yeah. Basically, right? <laughs> he's directing like what did he direct? He directed three episodes, three, three of seven episodes. What yeah. a bad fucking ratio if you're Robert Rodriguez. What, what do you think he said? Yeah, exactly. Are you at all surprised that the mod fucking kids, like the cyborgs with their fancy fucking Vespas, showed up in the episode that Robbie Rodriguez fucking directed? Nope. First of all, why anybody <laughs> surprised that any of this 50s retro horse shit? pops up in Star Wars after the prequels. <laughs> this is in your DNA now, guys. I'm sorry. Those movies happened, and you have to fucking accept some of the shit that was in them. It's just part of your canon now. I mean, the fucking end one popping up, and then they go back that's to those cool, same though. fucking canyons and shit. Yeah, exactly. Like some yeah. Of that's, and some of it, you're like, ooh, that's dope. But So you gotta yeah. take the bad with the good, is what I'm trying to yeah, say, motherfuckers. Yeah, hot rod Vespas. But, like, that shit's in the fucking prequels, that hot roddy stuff. It makes no sense. But that's what George Lucas liked. So that's what's in there. Sorry. You get to live with George Lucas's insanity forever now because of this. You have to revisit it. No, you. Why not? If you're Robert Rodriguez, that's your favorite fucking thing in the world. You do. Yeah, exactly. Is that mid century? Yeah. So there you go. I I could totally fucking tell as soon as I saw that. I was like, oh, come on, Robbie. Really? You had to jerk off on this. I was on. I know what? Particular way. and bump up against it because I'm like, oh, that horse shit's from the fucking terrible prequels. Of course, somebody's going to reference that. Because I mean, what is? Can I ask a question? Oh, you know what? You're the wrong person to ask. I was going to ask, like, what's with the sudden like prequel love? Everybody's like prequels. They're not as bad as everybody makes them out to be. Like, no, guys, they're really that bad. It's because we're old, Mark. It's because the kids now, like, they grew up with those already existing kind of thing. I don't even have like you would think at least I would have like rose tinted fucking memories of like Return of the Jedi then, but I still think that movie sucks. <laughs> So, like, you know, <laughs> why do I think everything sucks? And everybody else gets to have rose tinted fucking memories of like those terrible prequel movies that I got forced to sit through by Eric. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I think it was really just like seeing it through the younger generation is, yeah, being is what's helping some of the fans now be like, okay, maybe they're not that bad because my kids are okay with it kind of thing. Oh, they're still pretty fucking bad. But then again, again, <laughs> don't. I wasn't on board for the Ewoks either. You know what I mean? I jumped off the fucking Star Wars train early, so that's on Dang. me. Either way. <laughs> oh shit! Are we at episode three already? Because are we like? Are we, is he like starting to plan for war now? Is basically what happens. Or oh, I mean, we're we're past. Uh, we're we at, yeah. almost through. So so they, he just got the rancor. Yeah, so he's got the rancor. Uh, so he releases the the Wookie and resolves to train the rancor. Sure, <laughs> the name stamp. <laughs> I'm just calling Santo. Uh, I'm just going to call him not Chewbacca. 
Fett yeah. goes to black, uh, black Chewbacca. Black that sounds just fucking racist now. <laughs> How do you know Chewbacca wasn't black? You know what I mean? How do you know? <laughs> anyway, after let's call him Salt and Pepper Chewbacca. Salt and Pepper salt Chewbacca. And pepper Chewbacca. Sure. <laughs> I just like that there's more Wookies. I'm glad more Wookies are showing up at least. You know what I mean? If they're gonna like, yeah, just, you're saying it's fucking great. I love. If him. they're gonna fucking just like mine the member berries, give me the fucking Wookies. Like, give me the shit yeah. that I like. Like, Wookies are dope. I love those those Wookiee sequences that they were in the prequel trilogies on Kashyyyk kind of thing where Yoda was like out with them like fighting against the Imperials or whatever. You know what my favorite Wookiee sequences? It's actually from like the one movie that nobody ever wants to talk about. It's from Solo when like he first meets Chewie yeah. in the thing. Like I thought that was a yeah. cool sequence like introducing Chewie yeah. that way. I don't know. What do I know? I'm only the guy who like <laughs> you could probably sell this stuff too if you put a little bit of effort into but they never seem to want to. Anyway for these tv shows which are much better than i'm used to <laughs> where are we at yeah so feck goes to mos espa after this with shan and the cyborgs to question the mayor again chase uh they find the mayor is not there but chase down he's his out this time. Yeah. Yeah, he's, a, he's a fucking douchebag this mayor guy right but they chase his like major domo down again who i just like hate immediately upon like eyesight like as soon as i see he's him he's a like, great oh, character but he's yeah he's super slimy yeah, he reveals that Chase is working with the Pikes. Later, the Pikes begin showing up at Mosespa, and Fett decides that, like, we need to, you know, saddle up for war. Episode four starts with Fett back in the back of the tank again. Yep, he loves it. Just... Remember, like, trying to reclaim. So, what's he trying to do? Oh, but this is where we actually go and, like, he's going to pick up fucking Slave One now. And this is where this episode kind of, like, going to slow motion here but so he had protected by too many guards and that's where he discovers shan dying like that's where that crossover happens she, yeah she shoots off a flare basically yeah. and he goes over and finds her like near death kind of thing and and he drags her to most eisley into a mod parlor which Ugh. here's some stuff that's going on that i didn't need to see you could have just told me and this super like i don't know the coolest cyberneticist in history i guess you know who that dude is it's fucking Thundercat, the bass player from Suicidal Tendencies. Is it really? Yeah, it's fucking Thundercat, and he... Yeah, I don't know how the fuck he got in this. He's also played on albums for, like, Kendrick Lamar and Mac Miller, Eric Abadu. He's a fucking fantastic bass player, but... He just, like, no Fav or Robbie? I don't... Yeah, exactly. I don't know who the hell brought him in, but I am almost positive that they had him do the music for that scene, because it was, like, super fucking bass-heavy. Yeah, I like, noticed techno, that. Technically bass-heavy kind of thing, and it totally totally didn't fit with the rest of everything else yeah that was a weird one i mean star wars does that too sometimes we just have this weird like at a left field thing like the tom bombadil kind of sequence just starts yeah. happening so like i don't know so basically because he saved her life Fett asks shan to stay with him and uh break into the palace is ruled by bib fortuna we don't really see a lot of bib unfortunately i really wish we got more like well, they kind of just show that like in very brief flashes like that's what this I mean. is the stuff you already saw in the post credit scene yeah. of Mandalorian season two yeah I know just I feel like more Bib Fortuna I don't know why I don't care it's because I know yeah. the character's name is probably why I find that exciting I'm like oh, I know that I know that one yeah. I know who that is <laughs> anyway yeah, he's the, the fat boy like yeah so they fight off the guards and get back into slave one and Chan decides that she's going to stay with Fett for now they kill the biker gang that Fett believed like at the time believed massacred the Tuscans before flying to the Sarlacc pit where he's going to go try and get his armor. This sequence is cool as shit too. That was, yeah, Yeah, he fucking like massacred them. That was, uh, interesting tactics for a guy who's like, won't get into a fight at any other time. 
When he got the ship back, he's like, I'm just going to murder these. Hold on. Hold on. Before I start having the rules about no killing and I'm just going to talk to everybody, I'm going to fucking cold blood just murder 40 fucking dudes. <laughs> exactly. Cool, okay, cool, 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 cool. Now it's fun, though. Like, you'd fucking see his ship, like, strafing these dudes the and just, yeah. The fucking design in Star Wars, man. Like, when they do the off-filter designs, like, those old... Who designed this sh- all these fucking ships? I can't remember his name anymore. I mean, no, McCor- was it, were these Macquarie designs? These I don't might know. be Macquarie designs. I think Slave One's a Macquarie design. Yeah. And if not, I don't know. I, I, don't know if, I think Macquarie did more. He probably did ships and characters. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, no, he did a little bit of everything. I think. Yeah. Because like, because oh, you know what? It might be somebody else. I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the dude who designed the Imperial Star Destroyer, who also designed Enterprises for that show that never happened in the seventies. Did me? That might be I, him. I have, also, a, I have a Sid Mead book right beside me that my sister got me for Christmas. That like really yeah, Sid nice. Sid Mead uh, is also another designer who worked on all these fucking things that we were talking about. So yeah, I don't know. Either way, I love Slave One. It's always one. It's one of my favorite designs. That like weird in like the inverted inside of it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the flipping yeah, inside it rotates around and yeah, dope as shit. The weird part about this show is like all the cool stuff that I want to see about Boba Fett. Like how does the inside of Slave One work? We saw it in Mandalorian already. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I don't. I mean, like. Uh, <laughs> All the cool shit that I wanted, you've already given me. Like I don't need, I don't need this. Why does this show exist? Is basically what I'm trying to ask. Aside from the just be Mandalorian season two point five, which is kind of what it is. <laughs> anyway, we've got Slave One. Now this sequence is cool because he goes and gets his armor back. He goes into the pit to get the armor. It, it's not in there. He can't find it, and he's shining mm-hmm. the light in there. He can't see it because um, this already obviously been pilfered by the Jawas and taken over to uh, Timothy Oliphant's wearing it probably at this point, right? Yeah, Freedom Town. And again. We saw that Mandalorian already, so like, what are we doing here? Anyway, he kills it by dropping one of those dope-ass paycheck bombs in it. Yeah, it grabs hold of the ship, because he's like, gets way too close to it. Yeah, it grabs he's him, and then, psycho. Yeah, and then they release, I think it's Fennec that actually releases the bomb, yeah. and it goes down Slaps into the, the Sarlacc's mouth, and goes, does the bomb and blows the fucking Sarlacc to hell. That was pretty, that was pretty fucking satisfying. Yeah, I popped for that. I was like, that's dope shit. <laughs> that's cool. So in the present, Fed emerges from the back of the tank completely healed now. It's only taken fucking four episodes, but I'm glad he's fucking back in 100%. He sees Wookiee fighting Trandoshans. What are the Trandoshans? Which ones are the- Oh, man, I can't remember who they are. Oh, the Trandoshans. Oh, they are the... Oh, yeah, it's going to show me like a text Oh, the lizard. The lizard. Bosk. Bosk was a Trandoshan. Oh, okay. So he's fighting Trandoshans. And, oh, yeah, he's fighting them out there. And Boba Fett no, he's, hires he's, him. Uh, he's in the, that's in the sanctuary, right? He's in the. Yeah, he's in and the then he, he ha- there's that whole sequence where the Twi'lek proprietor like tries to convince him not to dismember the Trandoshan that he's holding on to, and Kier Stanton's just like, "Nah, fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyways," and just pulls his arm off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's <laughs> fine. I mean, good times, right? Bar fight. Yes, but he gets hired by uh, Boba Fett at this point, and later at a banquet. Fett urges Mos Espa's other crime bosses to unite against the Pike Syndicate, but they refuse. This is a very mob boss scene, kind of. Yeah, like, it's really long. Like heads too. of all the families, kind of thing together. Yeah, it's real long too. Very Batman scene. It is. Uh, too bad there's nobody as cool as Batman in this scene. Oh, no, Mandalorian's not here yet. No, he shows up like literally at the beginning of the next episode and just outcools yeah. everything that has happened in the previous it's, four. It's true. fucking embarrassing, actually. Like kick trash can it's fucking embarrassing <laughs> a la coach basically the rancor like the rancor's presence kind of helped him convince everybody else to kind of remain neutral while he fights the syndicate alone it just like blows my mind that all of these like heads of the families on 
fucking Tatooine would willingly go over to Jabba's palace, where they've probably all been before, and sit down to a dinner right on top of the fucking Rancor pit. Like, they know what used to be down there. Like, they know that's a trap door. Why the fuck are any of them being like, yeah, this looks like a good place to have dinner. No, 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 no. I didn't even think about it. Like, I think to mention it while I was doing the recap, but there was a scene where they dropped somebody in the Rancor pit and it's empty, and they're like, you fucking idiot, we got rid of the Rancor. <laughs> Which was pretty was fucking the, funny. That was the ninja dude that they that, that's that, right. that was that how they assassin. got him to confess. That's yeah. right, the assassin at the beginning. Yeah, they yeah, start that. opening up the door, and the dude's like, "Oh fuck!" Oh, and then they're fuck. like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And we don't have they, that. They don't have a rancor yet at that point. Yeah, now they do. Now yeah. they do, and it got loose, and that was fun. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Because now it's time to talk about Bryce Dallas Howard's one episode for the year, also <laughs> the return of the goddamn Mandalorian. So this this is where this show just veers off into Mandalorian season 2.5. Yeah, we are not really even doing Boba Fett anymore. Uh, we've accomplished basically nothing with Boba Fett. Uh, he's just decided that he needs to hire somebody who's as badass as he used to be to come and fight his battles for him. And here, I mean, comes... so, so far we've just seen, yeah, so far we've just seen Boba Fett like get his fucking head kicked in and find some, yeah, get his head kicked in and find some friends. Yet his coolest friend is still the version of him that he left behind in Empire Strikes Back, who is now walking around with a silver helmet on, calling himself Mando. Boba's old now. So. It's true. It's just weird. Because it's an interesting choice to write in the fifth episode of your brand new Boba Fett show to bring back the cooler version of myself. And just like, <laughs> let's start doing this now. So episode five opens with Din tracking and killing a bounty. Uh, in like just another coolest shit like spaghetti western sequence where like he's immediately cooler. movie right like even even it's in a fucking meat cooler like you don't get more fucking mob movie than that right but like he's already cooler just walking around not taking his helmet off and just being him than boba fett has been in four episodes until he cuts a gash in his thigh with the dark saber i mean he is a bumbly fuck eventually <laughs> he is gonna cut himself but at first you're like oh yeah that's right that's why he's cool because he's fucking Clint Eastwood and he never takes the mask off other yeah. dude just won't bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. Dope as shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Love it. Love it. Either way, he fucks up while he gets into the fight afterwards. It does basically cut half his fucking leg off with the, uh, the dark saber <laughs> that he's obviously not particularly well versed in the it's use Mandalorian of. Mandalorian weight loss regime is just cut a chunk you of off. your, yeah, cut a big fucking chunk of your thigh off. Holy fuck. Yeah, he takes a big <laughs> hunk of himself off. Uh, he gets the bounty though does he not i'm pretty sure i can't remember he does, anymore cuts yeah. his head off and he takes right. it with him to whatever that weird always water structure thing is yeah there was a halo did you that, that was cool as shit to me like it was it's cool nobody setting. nobody was fucking talking about it i'm like dude they just did halo in star wars before the halo show like they just showed that special <laughs> like that, that i don't even need to watch the show anymore they've done it already in star wars <laughs> but i was like that's cool they have ring worlds in star wars neat yeah. Never, you've never seen that before. This is the first time. But like, yeah. I didn't see anybody else making a big deal of it. I thought it was cool as fuck. I was like, that's awesome that they did a yeah, ring. It was a neat setting. It was cool yeah. to have like the fucking re- the remains of the covert hiding out in like the lower levels of it, too. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'd... With the fucking with the fucking stars, like basically, you know, just the abyss underneath them kind of thing. So, like, what is the point of living in this weird fucking galaxy where like anything can happen if you don't show me cool shit like ring worlds? Just like in the background. Like, just do it. Why not? You can CGI anything now. Show me Ringworld, guys. I want to see all yeah. kinds of Wonka do shit in the background of these Star Wars shows now. And Star Trek, for that matter. But we won't get... I don't even know if we're going to do an episode about Discovery, because I might have a stroke in the middle of it. So let's not do that. <laughs> Either way, he goes back 
to uh, the armorer, and as Vizsla, who is Don Damn. It, heavy past. artillery Mandalorian. Well, yeah, yeah. he was origi- like originally he didn't have a name, so everybody just called him Ham. Heavy artillery Mandalorian, and then eventually they were like, "Oh, he's Paz Vizsla." Yeah, Paz Vizsla was played by uh, that's Faz in this, isn't it? They it's Faz voiced by Favs. It's oh. it's not him in the suit. So. Oh, I thought it was him in the suit. He boxes. He could have pulled it off. Come on, <laughs> Favs, get in the suit. Either way, they're the last kind of survivors of the current Mandalorian tribe that are still around that start that didn't confine basically and so the armorer inspects the dark saber and they kind of question him about how he won it off of moth gideon the armorer explains that whoever wins the dark saber in combat can become the ruler of the mandalore so there's like because the civilization was destroyed by the empire there isn't really much to be in charge of at present so yeah, i like that they showed like some flashback to the great purge of mandalore that was a cool little flashback well, it's just interesting because they also talked about like he has to go like to, to wash away his sin of taking his helmet off. He has to go back yeah. to the home world at some point. So I guess like he has to purify himself. Yeah. I guess we know what we're doing for season three, right? Is like going back to the yeah. Mandalorian homeworld. I was glad about that because that really pissed me off in season two. Was like Mando just taking his helmet off a bunch of times. So I'm glad that now we're getting consequences for that. So he's cast out of the his like little sack of all yeah he's yeah he's an apostate right now he has to go like purify himself so he can return even though he's technically their king like he's pulled the fucking sword from the stone quote unquote right yes (laughs) so strange anyway so has Vizsla and mando have a fucking fight for the dark saber that is dope as shit also and like you kind of i like the way that like the dark saber works where it seems to get heavy like it seems like it's a big broadsword kind of heavy and it also seems to like be working against him if you're not going the way it wants to go, basically, which yeah. implies a whole bunch of shit about an inanimate object that I'm not really comfortable does, with, it, but okay. It, there, there's definitely some implication that it is has that some sort of sentience or something like that, and yes. sensitivity or something like that, probably. No, and that yeah, and that well, I mean, it's it, it's different than other lightsabers, yeah, absolutely. Jedi stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. so like that's cool. We're getting to learn more about the Mandalorian stuff. We'll find out kind of why maybe like we know how the lightsabers work. We don't know how this dark saber works. Maybe we'll get to find out like what part of the Mandalorian lore slash tech caused it to mm-hmm. be this lightsaber to work this way, be the dark saber. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They have a fucking cool fight. Yeah. Finn wins, but reveals that he broke his like the code and took his helmet off. So he's now been rejected. And because of that, he takes and I, I was curious about how he got there. Because like did he lose his ship in the interim? Like, where did the razor the razor crest got razor blown crest up? Blew up, yeah, it got yeah. blown up at the end of so, like, Mando's season did, two. I didn't quite catch like how did he get the bounty back home? Because like then they show him Unless getting on just like a another commercial passenger jet. carrier. But yeah, they did, but here they make yeah the, after that they make a big deal about him getting on yeah. the passenger carrier and having to give up his weapons and everything, which was funny. Which is kind of like so. Cute, does that mean he right? had to he had to check bag like the fucking dude's head that he brought, was bringing with us on the way to the ring world that's the implication that's the question that i was about to ask actually and <laughs> you don't seem to know any more than i do so here dripping, we go dripping blood he just hands it to the gate agent he's like hold on to this for me please i mean whatever works right <laughs> yep dripping dog alien blood oh he also now that he has the sword he doesn't need the best car spear they decide that that's a waste of best car and they yeah. have it turned into chainmail for Grogu little baby broke i like that beat is that beat overall like where they were like this is not our way like beskar should not be made into weapons because it's a threat to mandalorians because it can pierce beskar armor so they were like yeah. we have to destroy this i really appreciated that they you know there's so much in genre 
TV and movies and media and shit like that, where like every object is kind of sacred. And so like, I was nice to see like, nah, this thing is fucking just heretical. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. It's just a thing. It needs to be destroyed and turned into something that is more our way kind of thing. Yeah. That was cool. It feels like there should be way more of that best car than what a little baby Grogu yeah, the- shirt should make. <laughs> well, but maybe-, maybe the armor skimmed a little off the top for her own, like, Maybe. Maybe that's her payment for making it yeah, or something exactly. like that. She gets to keep some of it. I don't know. Anyway, so at this point, he's been rejected by the tribe and he has to take commercial transport back to Tatooine, <laughs> which everybody's just back to Tatooine. So he ends up back with, and this is where there's just too much Amy Sedaris sometimes, and this is Pelimato. one of those times. Uh, so we're back to Pelimato over on Tatooine. Obviously, Mando needs a ship because the Razor Crest got fucking ganked in the last episode of Mandalorian. R.I.P. Razor Crest. Uh, the Razor Crest just, I mean, it took a shit kicking those two seasons. So if I ever do a Mandalorian print, I have to put the Razor Crest in there out of respect for the amount of just shit kicking that fucking ship Jeez. took. Season two, especially, it just oh got the God. fucking shit kicked. It just beat up constantly. Just destroyed. That fucking beautiful thing. Rebuilt poorly. And yeah. oh, good looking ship. I like the design of that ship, too. Anyway. So Palimato decides that he's gonna she's going to rebuild Mando a new ship to replace the Razor Crest, and it's going to be built out of an old Nabu Starfighter, which I thought yep. was really interesting. N1. And the entire internet was like, that must be Anakin's. And I was like, or Anakin's, yeah. Anakin's from episode one. And I was like, how is that even possible? That was he never flew it on Tatooine, I think is what you said to me. And then I was like, that's right. They were at Nabu when he flew it. So yeah. What the fuck's wrong with you? Star Wars people don't have a yeah. very good sense of continuity, is what I'm trying to get at. No, Come there's, on, I, yeah, I, I don't see any way that that could it's be just, Anakin Starfighter. It's just a fucking Naboo Starfighter that like, ended up on That Tatooine. would be way too member berries, even for this shit at this point. You know what I <laughs> mean? Like, that would be yeah, too much be way too small universe kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. But I did, I, I thought it was a fair a lot in yeah. a lot of spaces. So it's good that they didn't do that also. But I thought it was a fun throwback, though. If it had fucking Anakin's name carved into the fucking hole or something like that, I would have been like, yeah. my eyeballs would have rolled into the back of my head and I would have just died right there, I think. Yeah. So, good. Anyway. It just felt like Darth Vader's lightsaber just falls out of it or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. But I thought that was it was a good throwback, but it wasn't like going to really piss anybody off. But yeah. I don't know how well a starfighter works for a bounty hunter, assuming Ando's still a bounty hunter, because where the fuck do you put the bounty? Like, I mean, if you're actually bringing, like, a live bounty back with you, which he has done in the past, we've yes. seen him do it, there's not a whole lot of space for you to do it on a tiny little starfighter. But it just doesn't seem like the kind of ship you want for long travel. Like, I don't want to be just stuck in that little seat. How do you poop? Right, yeah. Like, you have to go, like, you got to get there, like, <laughs> in one shot. Yeah, it's, it's diaper time. It, it really Mando is. Diaper. Which, yeah. like, I'm not cool with. So, like, no. <laughs> Give me a ship that I, like, I, I need a toilet. Give me a fucking yeah. toilet. Anyway. We've been rambling about bullshit for no reason. For... <laughs> One of the parts that they use to rebuild the Navi oh, yeah. Starfighter the went crazy the, about the, pole the rod. <laughs> the rod from the fucking they gave it a master. long name. It had a long name, and I guess it has something it to do with stabilizing ships, which is complete bullshit. But like, they just wanted to have that rod in there. It's the same design as the rod that Luke and, Le- and Han and Leia use in the garbage masher in Episode Four to like stop it from crushing them, and everybody yeah. is like. Oh my god, that's an actual thing. Yeah, and they gave it a name and everything. Great. Yeah. So they 
they fix it and they spend like half an episode basically like fixing it. It's, like, it's way too long. <laughs> way, it's definitely like, too long of a sequence. So much of them fucking like fixing and modifying the ship and then taking it out on a test flight and then getting through, stopped through by the pod the racing canyons. Yeah, which he was first cool. he goes and flies through the pod racing canyons, which has shifted a little bit. Like we saw some like urban creep and stuff like that. Like the yeah, yeah that was kind of neat. And then he flies out into fucking orbit. And now I feel bad for these X Wing pilots. You know, X-Wing pilots are just traffic cops. Mm-hmm. And they're just hounding this poor dude who's trying out his car. Yeah. And like all <laughs> Arab, all Rangers are bastards. I mean, that's actually what Mark Bernardin said on this week's Batman on Batman. He's like, you gotta make X-Wing pilots traffic cops. I'm a black man, I don't want to deal with that implication of my heroes. You know what I mean? It's like they've kept, like black guys have negative connotations of traffic like just cops in general, right? Oh yeah. So like No, really? Don't turn your hero X-Wing pilots into traffic cops. That like half your population is now going to have a fucking negative connotation of. That was a weird beat for me, and I completely agree with Mark on that one. I agree with them on a lot of shit, though, so what do I know? Anyway. <laughs> it was nice to see that same Ranger back again, it though. It is cool. Uh, from Mandalorian. The one, yeah, the one that found Mando on the ice planet with the Frog Woman. Although I'm guessing that they probably decided to bring him back here before they canceled Rangers of the New Republic. <laughs> well, they might have actually done this after that to give him a little, like, sorry, dude, we fucked your show. Your show yeah. got fucked. Oh, so this, so, here's, so here's, your, here's your denouement. <laughs> yeah, here's your, here's your last paycheck from Disney Corp. Sorry, bud. Like, this is the last time you're going to get used. Anyway, <laughs> so as they finally finish putting this fucking ship back together, Fennec Shan shows up and asks Jin, Jin to help Boba with his upcoming war. He agrees, but only after he goes to visit a friend and we open episode six with the friend that he wants to go visit. We're back to Cobb Vance, who is goddamn Timothy, Timothy Oliphant, Oliphant. who is, I just fucking, like, just let that man swagger into my goddamn camera frame any day. Wait, that sounded gayer than I intended it to. Amazing. No, you know, I'm cool with it. I fucking love Timothy <laughs> Oliphant. Dope shit. Good looking man. Uh, he's now Marshal of Freetown, which is formerly Moth Pelgo, uh, which we saw in, like, again, we're just doing more Mandalorian season 2.5 yep. here. This is a character from that show. So he confronts and shoots a bunch of spice runners. Baron flies to a forested world to visit Grogu. They don't say what world it is. I kind of wish that they would have said what. Yeah, it, it's, it's not. It's clearly not the world that Luke ends up. In. They were building those hovels or whatever the they fuck were, they were. But but the, the the world that Luke ends up on is like an ocean planet, not the. So I think. I mean, this is the planet. I think that this is the planet. Where that Luke establishes academy. his academy on yeah. and where Kylo Ren fucking massacres all of the students, basically. Oh, yeah, that's still coming, isn't it? That's bullshit. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, that's the fate of these temples that you're seeing being built. They're going to use these shows to make me not completely hate those fucking movies, aren't they? Is what they're going to do, like try and retcon those <laughs> to make them acceptable. I mean, they already did, right? They they showed the cloning facilities uh, in Mando Season 2 that they oh, were no, no. using I mean, to try and together. make absolutely but I'm, but I'm saying like they're gonna retcon these together to make me like it because like i hated those <laughs> movies right anyway no. at least make it accept no it's never gonna happen it's fine <laughs> where are we at here so he's greeted by r2d2 on this like uh, forest planet and ahsoka tano which is i mean it's always great to see rosario dawson show back up Tano convinces jaren that his presence will hinder grogu's training so he returns to tatooine after asking uh, ahsoka to deliver a gift, which is the little Beskar chainmail tunic for the youngling. Luke Skywalker has begun training Grogu, who's his first student to use the Force. Luke helped the. I, I like seeing that. I like seeing. I did see some layouts. Cool. Trained and everything, and 
and then starting to get peckish and like trying to eat while he's getting trained and the, the dynamic stuff the, is fun yeah yeah the dynamic that they showed between like luke and Gro- grogu is all satisfying like the Gypsy like Jedi Master Luke and Padawan Grogu and like Luke running around with Grogu on his back like like he carried Yoda when Luke was getting trained and all that. I even liked how he was like as they were walking through, he's kind of like force hopping. Grogu yeah, forward. force lifting Grogu because he can't really walk as fast. And yeah, yeah that was uh, really, that was fun. that was pretty cute. Yeah. yeah, I didn't mind any of that stuff. That was good. So Skywalker helps the youngling like there's something like, like pull his memories out of like Jedi Temple on Coruscant like and stuff like the home like. I want to see. I want to see more of that. I want to see more yes. of like how Grogu survived Order sixty six because yeah, you see the Jedi that were trying to defend him that are getting like mowed down by the clone troopers, and then you don't see how Grogu gets away though. No, so that like we see that stuff, and then we cut back to Tatooine, and Fett and his allies are like standing in a circle discussing the their manpower shortage, and uh, Din decides he's going to go travel to Freetown to enlist Cobb Vance and his Bob people. And his folks. So after Finn leaves, at oh fuck, Ad Bane, Ad Bane, yes, notorious Clone Wars character. Sure. Now like old man Cad Bane because he's like got to be super old by this. Sure, he shows up to speak on behalf of Pikes to order the town to be neutral in the upcoming war that he, they're going to have with Boba Fett. Following the standoff, Bane shoots both the marshal and his deputy. We think they're both dead. They actually in dialogue say that they're both dead. Two pikes. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Two pikes later, bomb the sanctuary in Mos Espa. That's kind of how they. Ice cream maker. They leave a ice cream. One of the ice cream makers from fucking Cloud City Empire. behind with yeah. a bomb in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've gotten a lot of mileage out of that fucking ice cream maker <laughs> in this show, eh? Or like in these shows. Remember yeah. when they first yeah. showed it back up in Mandalorian? We were like, "Oh, that's what that's for." Ooh, yeah, like it's, it's like, oh, for, yeah, for, it's for best containment. In it. Interesting. Yeah. All right, cool. Or whatever, right? Like the <laughs> containment unit. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. But that was like everywhere. Like it's constant. Yeah. Right? Dude. We go back to Skywalker and Grogu, who gives Grogu a choice between the the chain mail that Finn brought for him or That's Master Yoda's. Mail, yeah. yeah, or Master Yoda's lightsaber. Uh, obviously, we find out in the next episode that he picked the chain mail. Which wasn't really a choice. Which Not really a choice at all. Because yeah, don't they have to build their own lightsaber eventually anyway? So who the fuck cares, well, right? There's that part of it too, but I, I'll talk. Anyway, so obviously Grogu has chosen. As we go into episode seven, uh, Grogu chooses Jin's Jin's. I keep wanting to say Jin, but that's genie <laughs> in Supernatural, and I need it's, to do it right. Well, it's just a, a Jin is just a well, general a, term for a genie overall. What's well, yeah. a Muslim or an Islamic demon? I think is what a Jin. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I, I keep seeing it. It's Din Jarin. Din Jarin. Din Jarin. Not Jin Jarin, like I want to say. Din Jarin. Anyway. So Grogu chooses Jarin's chainmail and R2D. Like Luke, I love this. Luke hates tattooing so much that he doesn't even leave. He fucking sends you like R2 on a FedEx run, basically, to drop Grogu off. He's also probably kind of bitter that Grogu is like, uh, fuck you, bro. I'm going back to my Metal dude. My metal dad? Yeah. Metal daddy? What? Raising? I mean, at this point, there's so much king that we could like, imply on these Star Wars characters at this point. And I, I love uh, the bit where Peli tells Grogu that his name is terrible. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that was a nice little that was a nice little lampshade hang. That was the, the best line Amy Sedaris had in a season of Amy Sedaris lines that it's too many Amy Sedaris lines. Just 
she's like she's in a little bit too much of this for me in this one especially by the end of this episode i'm like all right like i'm kind of done with this shtick so cad Payne and the pikes confront Boba fett shan and Din outside the remains of the sanctuary where they're kind of pulled up yes yeah, so r2 flies yeah so we i didn't mention that r2 flies when the Rogu to Rogu. tatooine yeah. and she he shows up at is it pal pal's Hanger. spaceport hangar or whatever you want to call it and she goes yeah they spend like 20 minutes going on about the baby and stuff like that <laughs> pretty i mean and r2's what i like Dude, is that r2 is consistently characterized as the snarkiest fucking droid in existence because she yeah. immediately has to tell him like hold your goddamn horses and like stop talking to me like that because he's obviously so fucking just melted off like he always has and they yeah. never wiped r2 yeah, he's such a sassy little prick always no. anyway we've had this conversation in the past uh, r2 is probably is like the only character it's kind of like everything. has a memory of everything and was like was there for you know everything in person everything. for kind of yeah for kind of the whole fucking thing he must just like hate all of these people at this point he must just have like whatever the droid version of ptsd is like that's why he's an asshole <laughs> yeah probably he's huge because it <laughs> drinks what what do droids yeah. do instead of drink do they take juice do they take some kind of like there's some kind of special virus you take as a droid like it's a yeah, it's a special kind of inhibitor chip or something like that. And they put it and makes them like processor. Yeah. It makes you all funny so that you're like high or whatever. Why do you think you fucking like went to sleep when the uh, Din was waiting for Luke? I just assumed he was high as fucking tight the entire time waiting yeah, for me. He's like, I know, I know, I gotta wait for this guy. So I'm just gonna get He's high. He's lucky and sleep that he fucking got Grogu to Tatooine without crashing into something. <laughs> space is empty. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you could smoke and fucking fly in space. There's nothing out there. <laughs> Jesus. Ugh, we're earning that E this week. Cad Bane and the Pikes confront Fett, Shan, and Din outside the remains of the sanctuary. Bane reveals that the Pikes killed Fett's Tuscan Rider tribe and framed the biker gag. <laughs> Hang a hat on a hat. Cool. Yeah. The other crime families betray Fett and attack his soldiers throughout Mos Espa. Fett and Jaren send Chase's Major Domo. So send the mayors for like Major, Major Domo. Domo. Who never Who's gets the name. Yeah, never get the name. He's just, he's just annoying. He's just Mokshaiz's fucking major domo. That's yeah. it. He gets sent to distract the Pikes, allowing the pair of Mandalorians or Mandalorian-ish people, I guess. I don't know. To attack. Yeah, to attack the group who, even though they're like outnumbered pretty quickly, Freetown citizens and the cyborgs arrive to save the pair, but the group are overwhelmed again when two shielded Scorpionok droids. Is that <laughs> kind of correct? Scorpionok? Is in the transformer. Oh, is that what they actually not? call them? In the, That's what's in the in wiki. The, no, I don't know. I mean, I just called. I I had them just down as like heavy artillery droids kind of thing. But they also they're shielded. Somebody said Scorpion something while I was listening. I'm like, they just called that well, a maybe. transformer because that's a transformer. That's a city transformer, also. So shit. No, I, anyway. do, do you really want to remember the last time we saw Scorpionok though? Was not not the best uh, series. I know. I still think that toy looks cool as fuck. It is. So anyway, all the fucking Scorpionok. I have the OG Scorpionok point. It's badass. Every time I see that the one the, the current one on like a store anywhere online, I'm like, I I wish I had the money to like to spend on 200 bucks on that fucking because the arc doesn't interest me, but the Scorpionok, I'm like, I am on board for Scorpionok because he's G1 and I'm kind of in. Yeah. Anyway, stop talking about Transformers. Pay attention to Star Wars, Mark. Bad Mark. Could be a long one. <laughs> Scorpionok. Yeah. So Otto arrives with Rogu. And helps in destroy one of the Scorpionok droids. How do they do it? I can't remember anymore how the first droid gets destroyed. It's with uh, the, they use the dark saber, 
right? Yeah, like he, well, it's, it's the Rancors that the, all of them die after the Rancor Right, comes the Rancor in shows the, up also, yeah. yeah. Okay, wait, the Rancor kind of breaks the shield on the first one, and then Jin attacks it and with the Darksaber. And then Jin attacks it from behind, phrasing. Yes. Yeah, he cuts also, off Jin, one of... not Jin. I gotta stop saying it the other way. Yeah, anyway. Jin. I want to say here, I almost expected R2 or maybe Peli to be like piloting the X Wing. That's what I was thinking. Came in, and they were going to come in and like help Boba and the company. I kept waiting for like Luke to show up with the fucking X Wing or something. The yeah. artillery droids. But I mean, the Rancor was, was fucking cool too. And I, I, it, when I thought about it in retrospect, I was like, yeah, R2 wasn't going to fucking hang around after he dropped off Grogu. Like R2 was just like fucking, yeah, peace out, guys. I'm gone. I'm going back to Luke. I felt bad for the fucking Gamorreans in that fight that get just like, they're basically green ham stains on the rooftops of Mos Espa yeah. after they get pushed off that cliff. Yeah, they don't do much, though. They're so fucking useless, those Gamorreans. They don't do much. They're loyal. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. Anyway, Feth riding a Rancor through the city and attacks the second Scorponocroid. This is after we missed the whole section where Mando and Boba fly in with their jet packs to like take oh, on the yeah. pikes. This, like, like, that, this that whole part was fucking badass as shit. Mando gets to use his knee launcher a bunch of times and his rocket launcher. This is like a payoff for a very uneven season. It's just like, we're going to have a bunch of fun for this episode. You're going to forget like the rest of the season. Exactly. Not the smoothest fucking ride ever, but you're going <laughs> to love the end of this because the Rancor, they used to see a stop motion and you could never see the whole thing in one frame all at once because it was like eight different pieces in that movie. Now it looks amazing and it's fucking tearing apart artillery droids. Yeah, and fucking Boba Fett's riding it, which isn't as cool as it sounds. If you saw Return of the Jedi and were like, the next time you see these things, Boba Fett's going to be riding one of those. In 1984, your brain would have yeah. fucking exploded. Now you've seen <laughs> yeah. it, you're like, that was cool, I guess. Yeah. I wish Boba Fett wasn't so fucking old, though. <laughs> didn't get beat up so much. Yeah, I didn't get his fucking teeth kicked in constantly. <laughs> And talk and take his helmet off all the time. Why is his helmet off so goddamn much? Anyway, after all this cool shit happens, Boba Fett finally gets into it like the last standoff with Tad Bane. Tad shoots him. Well, yeah. What can well, you, you also... Do you want to explain it? Because like, at this point, <laughs> I'm just lost. It's just actually well, happening. I, I have to say, first, during the fight, Grogu and Mando get reunited, which I admit, like, I got a little teary yeah, yeah. at. And then Grogu saves Jin, Jin multiple times. You got me fucking saying Jin now, too. Like yeah, he uses no, the force on the on the droid's leg at one point to save Jin. Cool. And he also he's the one that right. It was fucking Grogu with the force pull on the little yeah. pull. That's right. Yeah, Gro- that was cool. Grogu with the force pull in Mos Espa to go back to our episode. Like last week's last week's episode or whatever <laughs> it was. Yeah. And then he saves Jin again by calming doing like the force calming yeah, that on was the Rancor. Cool. And he, he puts the, he puts the Rancor to sleep and then he goes and has little nappy time with the Rancor. That was so adorable. With, like them having like puppy naps together. I was like, yeah, I don't know why so- they keep making him seem like a little animal, but like I'm cool with him just like curling up next to his big dog <laughs> and falling asleep. Like, yeah, but then they have the the big face off between old man Boba and old man Cad Bane, where ultimately like Boba ends up, you know, he looks like he's done, and then he ends up using his gaffy stick and like beats the fucking shit out of Cad Bane and stabs him with it and kills Cad Bane. I was glad that at least after Boba got the fucking piss kicked out of them the whole fucking season that he got to finish by like besting one of the most renowned bounty hunters in the Star Wars universe, even if they're both old as shit at this point. Yeah. And the real actual like coolest badass bounty hunter is now like the silver helmet <laughs> Mandalorian guy who's finding his who's hanging out with his baby, basically. Yeah. We also skipped over the Rancor doing like his uh, best King Kong impression. There was lots on that of cool Rancor Mosses, shots. Like, it was right now, like same fucking poses oh, yeah. as King Kong, like 100%. Like just 
clear, clear homage there. Robert Rodriguez making homages to movies from the no. 30s, 40s, and 50s? I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah. What are you talking about, Tim? One of these days we'll have to watch, like, I don't know, Desperado or something. What the hell? What? Oh, no. What's the first one? The one with Antonio Dead Banderas. Don? No. Dead, Dead Before Don? Desperado? No. Oh, Desperado. Yeah, well, it's Desperado. I can't remember what the first of those movies is. Because there's, there's like three of them, isn't it? It's a trilogy. Yes. Yeah, it's like the guitar case or something like Mexi- that. The Mexico trilogy. El Mariachi. Is, it is yeah, Desperado. El Mariachi. I was, I was thinking Desperado. The second one. Yeah. And then Once Upon a Time in Mexico is the third one. That's it. I was thinking Desperado. I was thinking Antonio Banderas and like, is it Catherine Zeta Jones or Sama Hayek? Sama Hayek. Yeah, that's where Sama Hayek first showed up. That's it. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Desperado. So Desperado, basically. I mean, that's kind of what he does. So there you go. I love Robert Rodriguez. And then it's Antonio Banderas and fucking Johnny Depp and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I mean, I'm all for Antonio Banderas showing up every once in a while. Let's go back <laughs> to Star Wars. So we're at the end, right? So Grogu's put the Rancor to sleep, fed his killed Bane with Gaffy stick in the street on Tatooine. Yeah. In Mos Eisley or whatever. Yeah, going back <laughs> to the clue joke. We're back in Mos Eisley again. Shan kills the Pike boss, Shays, and the other crime lords uh, in a badass sequence where she like ropes in and just starts like fucking ganking motherfuckers and like lynches the, the one scene, guy. Yeah, from the roof. Dope shit. Not enough thing not went in the show still, uh, for my taste, <laughs> but you know, what are you gonna do? Can't win them all apparently. Maybe we'll get a Fennec Shan show next. You have Ming Na Wen in your show, maybe put her in it constantly. Mask on or off. You'd be badass or not. Pretty lady who can kill things. Put her on your camera all the time. Anyway, so in most Espo, Boba Fett's being celebrated as Din and Grogu fly away in the N1 Starfighter. And like, just as we were, like, as soon as I saw the second pod where the, the droid, the astromech droid stuff had been taken out, like, I guess that's yeah. where Grogu's sitting. There he yeah. was immediately. Didn't even make us wait for the next season of Mandalorian. Just did it in this one. Get it over with. And I like that while Boba and Fennec were like walking around, they were playing like, the Ren Fair version of the Boba Fett theme music. Yeah. <laughs> like everything's peaceful now. So now it's all like fancy Ren Fair music. I was expecting them to go back to like the Max Rebo band music and do that. <laughs> they went back to that a bunch. <laughs> I hate that shit. That's crazy. Anyway, that's it, right? Like the, so pretty much it. And then we got the post credit scene. And then there's a mid credit scene where we see that Vance has been picked up by Fett and put into the box tank. And the mod artist is doing some cybernetic enhancements to him. So we will be seeing Timothy Oliphant again at some point. Thank God. Thank God. It's right. Timothy Oliphant or fucking president. <laughs> I love that man. Fucking fantastic. Anyway. All right. So that is the plot of the book of Mando Fett. I mean, Boba Fett. Yeah. So my top overview, it's not as good or consistent as the Mandalorian, but that is praising by faint damnation i still found it more watchable than like 85 90 percent of genre series that are coming out right now i found it i thought it was a fun ride brought in a lot more expanded universe lore and references tons of fucking fan service which i'm here for because they always do it pretty well had some awesome action set pieces and effects filled in most of the blanks that i wanted to with boba you know, Cho getting another Sarlacc and all that like, stuff. Almost to the point of too much. There was a little bit. They, they could have cut back a little bit on the Tuscan stuff for me. But. Or, like, maybe not done so much of it in Mandalorian and leave some of it, like, leave the interesting parts of what they did in Mandalorian yeah. to this. Because, like, that's kind of what happened. Is like, they didn't yeah. leave themselves enough story for this, for Boba Fett to happen, yeah. I think. So, well, anyway. I think, and, yeah, so I think they did end up padding this out a little bit. There are a few sequences and characters that I probably would have left on the editing room floor. So, not perfect, but 
I still like I I rewatched it. I watched it twice already. So high praise, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I liked it too. Like I didn't have a negative thing to say about it aside from just like it's more just like the weirdness of it. I mean, like Jin being like say it right. Jin, Jin, Jin like Jin. just suddenly having Mando back. I was like, what are we doing here? He, well, so you know the production numbering for it wasn't 101, 201. It was 301, I did 302, notice, I did 303. Notice that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he, Fabs definitely wrote this basically as Mandalorian season three, but just called it something different. Which is fair, I guess, but it's just, it's weird to be doing it this way. You know what I mean? Like, the whole thing of, like, so this show is about Boba Fett. It didn't work 100% in terms of format. And I'm like, I'm just trying to think how to say it, but it's extraordinarily weird to spend four episodes telling me why Boba Fett isn't the silent badass as ice mysterious gunslinger that he was in the original trilogy and then pop the character the... <laughs> that has all those traits and then we're just gonna pop him back into like into this sequence and not yeah. expect me to go like oh yeah mando's cooler than boba fett now right like immediately because he's everything boba fett used to be in my head after empire right and now boba fett's a middle-aged dude who takes his mask off a lot and talks constantly well, if they're gonna pay tomorrow morrison to do this they want to see his Why money is he maker, so I famous? I don't this is what I don't understand. That's my question. He's not famous enough for me to be like keep taking your mask off, dude. Like, it makes well, no again, sense it's, to it's, me. It's the prequel nostalgia, right? Like he played Django Fed in the prequel trilogy yeah. and that's where the the nostalgia for that character's come from. Plus he seems like just a really genuine nice guy. He, like, that's the thing, that like, he seems like he, he's a nice dude and stuff like that and he's like enjoys being this character and shit. I don't mm. think he's very good at it. Maybe, or like maybe the interpretation, his interpretation of what the characters like, like what the what they want the character to be is not what I have the character lined up in as my in my head from the yeah. original movies. Because I don't care for the prequels. Like I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. It's dumb. But I yeah, but I do think that like I believed Boba's journey. Like I I I don't you know I I don't disagree with him like saying you've seen that you know this is what Boba Fett is now and he's not the same like fucking stone cold killer that he used to be this is how he got to that point and his time with the Tuscan and everything totally makes me believe that I don't know that that's where I wanted Boba Fett necessarily yeah. to go either but like I believe the way that they get him yeah like I didn't actually have a problem with that art like that was going to be his character art like, I had no problem with that my mm-hmm. problem was just like how we get there I guess is a little weird or like I don't know maybe I just yeah my expectations were different than what like, a- they actually wanted and yeah, it, I think it's it's just you and me both had different ideas for Boba Fett's destination, but they still got him to the destination that they did in a believable way. Yeah. Because yeah. we didn't necessarily agree with it. Let's get out of the way right at the top. This fucking thing looks fantastic. It's got that fucking Disney movie behind it. Like It's still got that really high production value that we've been seeing in The Mandalorian. Great practical effects. CGI, mostly great <laughs> for Luke. Uh, he was better than last time. They he are was. getting better. We'll get to my grapes later. Wow. <laughs> but I sounded mean, fucking fantastic still. Like the both the sound effects and the music and everything. I, I really like that credit song. I it yeah. kept fucking getting stuck in my head. Yeah, no, like I mean everything about these productions is slick as all get out. I'm fucking sick of the desert aesthetic. Like I want to go somewhere yeah. else now uh, and do something else. And like, like I know Mandalore, maybe? Like I mean, I know we're gonna just go do more of this shit. Like, yeah, there's gonna be more. You think there's gonna be some desert and oh, you know, I know it's coming, and I'm looking forward to that show. But it's just like I am so fucking sick. Why? Okay, no. Okay, okay. 
let's just talk about you, it. You just need to watch that show like through different color, like a literal different colored <sighs> lens, so that it's not all like yellow, yellow, and yeah, exactly. You need to watch it like through literal rose-colored glasses. <laughs> Seriously, man, why is why Tatooine all the time? And I get it's because it's cheap. Like shooting in a desert when you're in California or Tunisia <laughs> or whatever is fucking cheap. I understand, but it's so fucking boring. And why Tatooine? Why couldn't it be anywhere else? Like any of the other planets. Go back to Hoth. I want to see some fucking what are those kangaroo looking motherfuckers? What do you call those things? You oh, with tauntauns. Yeah. I want to see some fucking tauntauns. You know what I mean? That'd be cool. I'm I'd, sick I'd, of I'd banthas and go shit. Back to Hoth. We see the same fucking stuff. There's always Jawas and banthas and fucking Tuscan Raiders Tuscans. and stuff now. Yeah. Everybody's always literally we go to fucking Tatooine in every Star <laughs> They never like- don't Rogue One, I don't think they went there. Didn't they start on Tatooine? I don't know. They're on some weird desert planet thing at the beginning of Rogue One when you first run into Cassian Andor or whatever his fucking name is. Not Pretty Girl, but the other dude who dies. I mean, they both die, but... I don't remember. It's been a while since I watched it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's just always Tatooine. It's just yes, weird. I, although, it, you know, even though we're on Tatooine, I did appreciate how much they fleshed out the culture of the Sand People like Boba earning their respect, all that sort of stuff. Like seeing their fight. I love their fighting style. Like, which you get to see more when they're like training him and shit like that. It's fucking brutal. Just like bludgeoning the shit out of people with those goffy sticks and, you know, hooking legs and shit like that and necks. And yeah, no, I thought like the effects were cool. The fight choreography was excellent. Uh, this time out, I will, they are just killing it with creature effects on these shows. Like there's yeah. so many people in makeup, so many cool like background Costuming. like animatronic aliens, yeah. cool CGI stuff that they're adding in there. Like it's just they they it's slick as shit. Like how these shows look this time out. I just wish that like they could both be as well written as this, or at least as watchable as this. And I can still have Star Trek that was watchable. Also, it's not fair that like one of the franchises has to be in the shitter while the other one's good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a karma thing. <laughs> like Star Trek was good for like a couple decades there, while Star Wars was dog shit. I was like, that's pretty happy. But now, like, Star Wars is good and Star Trek sucks and it's kind of killing me a little bit, really. But <laughs> anyway, what else do we want to talk about? He takes his mask off. Everyone uh, takes his mask off just... too much, way too much. Why is his mask off? Why is there not more? Too much Amy Sedaris, not enough Ming Na Wen comes up three times in my notes. <laughs> in your review. I mean, I, let's talk influence again. Like, we talked, there's crazy fucking Western sure, influence, yeah. samurai yep. influence in here, Kurosawa, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The whole Tuscan thing, you know, is very much the lone wolf getting adopted by like a clan of warriors. And mm-hmm. then in the end, he ends up having to avenge them. Like that's straight out of fucking Kurosawa kind of thing. Yeah, oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. It was so Western that it had that fucking great train robbery kind of thing, which is great. I like the whole like loyalty breeds loyalty sort of viewpoint that, that Boba approaches things from. That felt very like good guy mobster movie kind of thing. Yeah. Or even even like fucking Breaking Bad to an extent as well. Yeah. Although Plus Boba Fett, I did, I did, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't seen Sopranos, but I'll, I assume I, I don't assume you could have watched. Why would you not watch the Sopranos? What's wrong I with you? I assume you could watch seven, what seven seasons of Sopranos? Six. The yeah, if the Sopranos were all fucking just complete moralless assholes, kind of thing. Well, they're close, but like they're very entertaining moralless assholes for the most part. So yeah, and there is that like Omerta loyalty thing that comes up with the mob shit, right? So. And there's also the whole loyalty as long as the check clears kind of thing, right? Like, you got like Kier Santon that as soon as he's not getting paid by the twins anymore, is like, well, 
guess I'm out of a job now. I don't have to kill you anymore. It's too much fucking work. and I'm not getting paid. Yeah, yeah. You're good at something, <laughs> never do it for free. And then there's also like the heavy is the head that wears the crown vibe with Mando with Darksaber and shit. Literally, like, this weight is too heavy for me to bear kind of thing with not being able to handle the not lightsaber. super not subtle. Star Wars never been known for their subtlety. Yeah, not subtle. Not subtle. Yeah. I mean, like, probably subtle enough for the rubes. You know what I mean? Probably works. The Star Wars nerd here, I'll go over the, the all the fun Easter eggs. Well, but some of the ones that I picked up. The Trandoshan giving Boba what appears to be a Wookiee pelt as tribute at the start there. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was like, well, yeah. that's not cool, but also cool. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the Max Rebo Orchestra, which just fucking like keeps popping up, and now they've they've been promoted from Moss Eisley and are well, now playing dead. that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But they're playing that same fucking song. They've just like fancied it up for Moss Espa. <laughs> yeah, well, you you play the hits. You know what I mean? Like that's it's true. They want the hits. You play the hits. Want to hear? Yeah. And I mean, the whole fucking Rancor thing is like, and Boba Fett riding it. That is like the biggest, coolest homage to the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. Because in that, Boba, like, he's says he's like ridden beast 10 times the Rancor size. And that's the very first time you see Boba Fett in that animated sequence in the Star Wars holiday special. He's riding some fucking weird dinosaur looking thing. Sure. <laughs> the only time I saw that thing, I was so high, I don't even remember it. So, like, fair enough. <laughs> And the other thing that, for me, as both a Star Wars nerd and a Disney Parks nerd, the droid that makes Din give up his weapons before, like, boarding that passenger shuttle, and also the droid that was the dealer in the casino scene where your Santin fucking rips the arms off the Trandoshans, that is the same type of droid that used to pilot the ships on Star Tours at the Disney Parks. Oh, okay. Before they re- redid it, like, I don't know, five or more years ago now, and put C-3PO and RD2 being your pilot. Did we talk about the little droid that was working with Amy Sedaris' character that's from Fallen Order? Oh, no, I didn't know that one. So there's that little droid, the little cute guy with the two little legs. And the yeah, legs. yeah. That's your droid. I don't know if it's the same droid, obviously. Like, it's not the name. I can't remember the same name type, of that droid. Same class. But it's the same class of droid that you see in Fallen Order. Like, I was immediately super upset with the show because I was like, wait, does that mean Cal's dead? Did this fucking show just spoil my video game for me? And Cal's <laughs> dead? Because his droid's now here? And Pelly's got his droid now? Yeah, and I was like, fuck! But I guess it's not him. But yeah, those things are all mass-produced. Yeah, but I guess it's not actually him. But like for a second there, I was like, wait, that's a spoiler, isn't it? That's just my droid. Anyway, but it was cool that he was there. I like that like, they tied that in. Like It kind of made yeah. that game feel like part of the universe, at least, a little bit more by seeing one of those mm-hmm. droids pop up like that. I think it's cool. There was a, a couple of supporting characters that I was really happy with. Matt Berry is like the servant droid, Boba's servant oh, yeah. droid. Yeah. He was pretty good in that role. And then the dude's name is David Pasquese, who played the Twi'lek major domo that Mokshai is, who never gets his own fucking name. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was an annoying like character, but he played it super, super well. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah. I was actually, I'm like a fucking year behind in our podcast. I just listened to our episode on Mando season two and was listening at the end of that to the things I wanted to see in Mando season three. And I got some of them here, like wanted to see Mando reunite with what remains of the covert and that kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, more about the dark saber and all that. Grogu's choice. Yes, I have a mini rant on Grogu's choice and that it wasn't really a choice at all. It was pretty clear what they were going to have him do, because if Grogu had chosen his training and Yoda's lightsaber, then that automatically implies that Grogu was probably killed when Kylo Ren massacred 
all of Luke's students. And there's no way Disney is going to let that be even an implication for Grogu. People would just fucking like lose their minds. Also, it would make absolutely no sense, no matter how powerful he was, for him to just be able to gank a Yoda, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> he would be nowhere near powerful enough, even as a Skywalker, to gank a Yoda, like, without, like, a fucking Blitzkrieg worth of effort kind of thing. So, yeah. Eat shit, Kylo Ren. Fucking, I hate those fucking yeah. movies. God damn it. <laughs> you can't do shit against a Yoda. Yeah, man. You're fucking right, whiny asshole. Go be, go listen to My Chemical Romance or whatever the fuck, emo kid. As somebody who has watched all of the Clone Wars, seeing Cad Bane pop up again was cool. He looked fucking great in live action and still voiced by the same act, voice actor, Corey Burton, who is another Disney Parks link because he's done narration and like voice bits for a ton of Disney Parks rides too. And I thought that the way that they treated sort of that escalation worked well. Like it was Cad Bane comes in and he fucking just hands Cobb Vanth's ass to him. And then they bring him over to Boba. And now you're like, okay, this is serious fucking shit. Like this is a guy that could take out Boba, which is, you know, anybody that's seen Clone Wars knows that Cad Bane's a fucking badass. But now anybody that hasn't has seen that one scene. And it's like, okay, Brett is there. Oh. I would have assumed he was a threat to Boba at that point, just because Boba can't seem to fucking walk up the stairs without damn near killing himself most that of the too. time. So, <laughs> true. But, and that he said he was an old character at this point, and I thought that that was fun to bring him back, you know, just to sort of give that character an, an end. Yeah, no, I mean, fair enough. I'm all for popping, you know, the nerds. Like, I mean, I don't yes. care. I have no idea who that character was. I mean, I knew the design from just like seeing it around the internet and stuff, but like, I'd never seen that character before in my life until that and i was like oh, okay cool that must be for the fucking Clone wars nerds and i was right yep yep and it was all right do you want to move on to some gripes then before we wrap this thing up i mean i've done most of my gripes like we've been bitching yeah. about this show the whole time but like yeah sure i think <sighs> just so uneven so uneven. Pacing. yeah it's like paced oddly and that's my biggest one too i got I'm so hung up on the characterization of boba fett and then just like the weird concept of just like you know what we're going to double down and have Mando show up so you can compare and contrast all of this on top of that. <laughs> this is maybe not the way to sell me new Boba Fett is to put cool new Boba Fett next to old Boba Fett who's doing kind of like lame cast card stuff that I'm not that interested in, in the Star Wars universe. You know yeah, I mean? Diplomacy shit. Yeah, I don't want that's not Star Wars to me. Star Trek's not doing it, so I, I mean, fuck the duck. You know what I mean? Somebody's <laughs> got to do it, I guess. But that uh, wasn't exactly yeah. what I was expecting. And then, like, yeah, then to just like veer off and to be basically Mandalorian season two point five, uh, it's kind of weird messaging if you're trying to like sell me Boba Fett again. Yeah, so that was weird to me too. But those episodes were some of my fa- fucking favorite well, parts. That's, so that's I'm not the problem, right? Like, I'm not gonna fucking, like super complain about it. The Mandalorian it just really... the best part of the season, but at the same time, it's like, why is this here? It doesn't make any sense. But I don't want to complain about it too much because it's the best part of the goddamn show. <laughs> I. <sighs> I don't know if it's the best part, but it was definitely like the best you know, part of the I had show. To, him. The best it was, part it of the was show. in the top half of the show. Absolutely. Yeah. All of that really dampened the momentum for the actual Boba Fett story, which, you know, yeah. and end up, they said, in the long run, the Boba Fett plot is Boba Fett gets beat up a few times, hires some security guards, and he successfully fights off a crime syndicate. And he spends a ton of fucking time in the bath. Yeah, and takes a lot of bath. Like, it was, a it lot was the of reverse. Bath. It's a reverse situation of the one we always gripe on, which is 
Eleven goes to the city and meets some other power kids in Stranger Things season two. I guess this is like the Mandalorian pops up and does fucking awesome shit for two yeah. episodes. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. I don't know. They probably could have rectified a lot of it if they just done more Migna Wen. If it had just like relied more on Migna Wen, I would have probably been like, I don't care about any of the rest of this story. But they keep putting Migna Wen on screen and she's nope. Oh, I'll, I'll just watch it. And she not saves Mando's much. ass, or saves Boba's ass a bunch of she fucking times. She saves everybody's fucking ass a bunch of times. Maybe the coolest character in Star Wars right now. <laughs> the other major issue that I had is the like cyberpunk gang. It's just kind of weird to me. It doesn't really fit in with the tone of everything else, especially on Tatooine. It's just too fucking shiny and shit. Yeah, they kind of felt like they like they you would do that on Coruscant or like one of the core worlds or something yeah, like that. Those like those hover vespas are definitely imports from Coruscant. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for <laughs> sure. Also, they have like some of the nicest fucking rides on Mos Espa, but they're all unemployed. That's it's fucking weird to me too. I uh, I just assumed that was racial profiling. It's to deal drugs, <laughs> right? So yeah, fair. Well, yeah. I mean, the fucking drug dealing in this, like with the spice and everything, spice, and, yeah. and Boba being like want to clean up my city everybody's high on spice and it's destroying our community and what, shit don't they already have a drug that was heavy what was the other drug death sticks you're not supposed to death take sticks. death sticks yeah okay never well, mind death sticks are supposed to be like the cigarettes right not like a drug like like a, an addictive substance like nicotine kind of thing but like spice is supposed to be like fucking coke black car heroin or something like that yeah exactly get that good shit all right yeah it just I got a lot of like American graffiti or Back to the Future vibe from that whole like chase sequence with the hover Vespas kind of thing. What I mean, yeah, it was a, Robert yeah, Rodriguez exactly. jerking off the George Lucas fetish. Oh yeah, that was yeah. I couldn't imagine why that happened. And, and they just weren't designed well. And it's not even the colors, which I know a lot of people complain about. But like, if you got a front on profile of them, they just look fucking stupid as shit. They don't look aerodynamic at all in the way that like some of the land speeders and shit like that do. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I mean, it's just prequel wank to me. I was like, oh, they're leaning it into is, that yeah. stuff. I don't care. Whatever. This just exists in this universe and it's garbage. Like <laughs> some of this universe. Sorry, guys. Not everything in Star Wars is the coolest shit that ever happened. Some of it's fucking wank. And that's some of it that's fucking wank. Like, yeah. you know, sorry. Did you watch the droid cartoon growing up? That show sucked. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like, terrible. Some of the shit's fucking bad. Like, I know Tim will never agree with me on the prequels and sequels, all sucking just giant donkey dicks. But, like, even some of the Star Wars stuff in between sucked really badly. So, like, eh, this stuff's so good in comparison. Some of that shit. But, I'm like, the little things that we complain about, I'm like, whatever, man. First of all, it's better than any of the prequel shit. And it's better than what Star Trek's doing right now. So, I can't complain about it that much anymore. <laughs> My very last gripe that I have is the Luke CGI. They just lingered. I think they just spent more, like maybe about 30% more time than they should have with him. The CGI itself was really great. He looked really good, but anytime they were trying to show him talking. Yeah, motion fucks it. Yeah, motion fucks it. Or, you know, anytime that they were having, showing a close up of Luke talking, the mouth moves didn't work properly. They didn't match right. And so that broke the illusion. And then you could tell that they knew that that was an issue because then they noticeably avoided showing close-ups of mm-hmm. Luke talking a lot of the time. They'd have his lines delivered while he was facing away from the camera or in the background or when the camera was just focused on a totally different character. 
And that doesn't happen very often in Star Wars. Like, you have the camera on the fucking person that's talking. So it's really jarring when you don't have that. I am super curious. And like, this, this conversation has come up a couple of times in regards to the, like that episode and like this technology and stuff like that. Like, how far off do you think we are to the point where they're just like, on solo and this is totally a, digital uh, actor. and like we're yeah. just doing those characters again because we want to and like Episode we're just gonna 4. do it 4.5 yeah like i like when does that happen you know what i mean like that's got to be coming down the fucking pike at this point it's like i don't think those effects are like 100 percent there but they're close enough that most people are like 90 percent plus of the way there you, yeah. you're gonna be able to like pretty much make like a new star wars movie with the original cast in like the next five years and they're gonna fucking do it <laughs> they'd almost be fucking stupid not to well, so the, the other issue with that one for me and this would be an issue with what you're talking about too is that the, the dialogue itself felt a little stilted at times that's cg too did you know that yeah, was completely it was, CG it was synthesized they did not yeah. have luke hamill mark to hamill. give his lines direct mark hamill do his lines directly this time they used an ai fed it all of luke's lines from the original movies and then and used... something else. They used something from like a reading, like he he read a book or something like that too. Like there's some oh, dialogue, okay. yeah, a, a big chunk of reading that he had done for Lucasfilm or parts or whatever in the late 70s. So there was his like oh, must have late been like 70s pre accident voice or something. It yeah. was something like that, but it was like his pre accident voice too, because his voice changed a little bit when he yeah. got hurt, right? So I don't know, whatever. So so, but yeah, that that it worked pretty well but you could definitely Mm -hmm. see the seams on it or hear the seams on it in that case like some of the deliveries just weren't fully natural or they were too too perfect kind of thing and so you could tell that they were synthesized or whatever you you know for a fucking fact that harrison ford is going to take a fucking 80 million dollar paycheck for them to like use his like for him not to have to show up and And show up and do anything (laughs) with han solo ever again for the rest of time but you'll never ever see the end of Han Solo in Star Wars. Like he's going to be there forever now because he's going to be a CGI Muppet. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that was just it. I think they overreached the technology a little bit with Luke on this and it took me out of it a couple of times when, and you know what's going to happen when you buy the 8k Blu-ray box set in five years, they'll fix it and you won't even notice and you won't even (laughs) notice it anymore. It'll be perfect by then. (laughs) They won't even have done it themselves. They'll have put it through an AI to fix it or some shit. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And like, you know what? You joke about it, but that's basically the fucking direction that we're heading in at this point. So who knows? All right. So let's wrap this up. Would you be up for a second season? What's your score out of 10 and your final thoughts? What do you mean a second season? I just want a fourth, <laughs> fourth I want a, season. I just want a fourth season of Mandalorian now. So do you, would you be up for another season that is ostensibly focused on Boba Fett or do you just want to go back to Mandalorian or both? kind of don't like what else do you do with boba fett now that he's like this is true yeah you just have him dealing with mob boss is this just now the sopranos yeah where he's like the mob boss of Tatooine and he's got to deal with the day-to-day of this horse shit i'd probably watch that Street crime and shit yeah. i'd probably watch that i watched the sopranos for like fucking six years so i'd probably watch that but like really i would like to just get back to mando probably more than anything else and just get that like that's the story that i'm interested in right now this is a nice little side sojourn not enough ming na wen but yeah i would take more I'd take more Mandalorian, maybe not more Boba Fett, absolutely, you know, so, but if they do throw more Boba Fett at me, I'm going to have to watch it, so I guess I would watch it anyway. Yeah. If they're going to do it, and if they're going to make it half a season of fucking Mandalorian anyway, then like, yeah, I'm going to watch it, because I have to, because now it's become part of the lore that I have to watch so that I know what the fuck's going on. Like, you have no choice <laughs> but to watch this now. Cause, like, it's like, right? 
a big chunk of the story is now happening in this. It wasn't like Clone Wars where it was really, you know, sort of separate and you didn't have yeah. to necessarily watch it to be able to keep up with what was going on in the live action shit or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Although it probably helped because those live action movies were super disjointed because of all that Clone Wars shit. Uh, 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Good. I mean, nothing insane, but like, yeah. it's a must watch because of Mandalorian. And it's fun. Like, it's not bad. Like, it's good. It's just like, it's really uneven. And then, like, the weird decision to have Mandalorian just be like a future player when you're trying to resell me Boba Fett is kind of a weird juggling act that I'm not sure they 100% completed, basically. So, Warming Now went. That's Amy Siddharth. <laughs> That's pretty close to where I fall on it. I was uh, 8 out of 10 on the book of Boba Fett. Yes, they fucked up the pacing, but the stuff they fucked it up with was stuff I really wanted to see. Yeah, weird, so, right? Like, well, I was pretty forgiving of, of that part of it. I would want a second season, but like you said, I, I would just want it to be focused on Boba in the present. I don't need any more lengthy flashbacks. I don't think there is really anything more for them to flash. They don't need to do like an arrow on this, right? Where every fucking season it's like, Oh, and here's another set of flashbacks for Oliver Queen. Well, but if they're gonna do that, see, the problem is if they were gonna do that, what you they should be doing is flashing back to like Imperial times, like yeah, as the bounty hunter, his like during Empire. Times, that'd be fun. That would be cool. But you know they're not gonna do that because they want him in all these scenes. He's not skinny enough to play Young Boba yes. Fett anymore. So exactly. Kimura Morrison is is not Jeremy Bullock in the seventies skinny. Yeah, eighties. It's like yeah. he first shows up in the in Empire in eighty, right? Yeah, it would have been filmed in seventy nine. Still, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's basically just a fucking Clint Eastwood costume with a goddamn helmet on it. So, like, what are you gonna do? So, yes, give me more of this, but make it actually focused <laughs> on Boba Fett instead yeah. of half being focused on the Mandalorian. Or just give me more Mandalorian. Yeah, that too. Both. Why not both? Honestly, okay, no you know what I really want right now is fucking Obi Wan. So, like, let's get to that one. Three months. I know. That's kind of like, that's their big money shot with me right now. It's like, give me that Obi-Wan thing. I've been waiting for that one for a long time. Let's do this. You know, like, Eddie McGregor, play Obi-Wan. That's like the character that everybody, like, wants to see a bunch of shit about. And, like, they never yeah. do. It's like, let's do fucking Obi-Wan now. Now they're finally <laughs> going to do it. I'm like, that's dope. I'm excited. Give me young Alec McGinnis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, I mean, by the end of that, you know he's going to be half CGI to look like Alec Guinness, right? You know it at this point. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised. Aging into Alec Guinness. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually just CG'd Alec Guinness at the end of that fucking show and just like did it because like fuck it, they own everybody's goddamn appearance anyway. May as well just rock and roll it at this point. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, that I'm looking forward to. And then like for this, just give me more Mando. Fair enough. So with that, let's move on to our final segment, which is Geek Red, where we just recommend something for you to check out that we think you might like. Mark, what's your Geek Red for this week? Uh, I watched Kingsman the new one this week and it's pretty good not terrible not great either but like it's pretty good so i would recommend you checking that reminder. out yeah uh, it's on yeah, hbo max i believe or whatever like oh, yeah tape. yeah i'm definitely gonna watch on hbo max i mean yeah i totally kind of got it the same way you're about to but that's fine <laughs> that's still, like pretty good like i'm not a big great fine like the fines boys i don't give a shit i enjoyed this way more because what's his name's not in it Darren egerton that fucking name it's just so silly <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Taron Egerton. Well, I think his parents fucking hate him. It's not a it's not a real person. Like, that's not a no, that's just not a real name. Like, that's a made up name. I mean, I know all names are made up, but like that's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, he's not in that. He was good in Rocket Man. I'll give him that one. But like he kind of annoyed me in the original Kingsman movie. So him not being there kind of helped. Emma Arterton, God bless her. I love her to death. She's so beautiful. She should be in every movie. So I was happy to have her in there. 
I like the Fines boys don't offend me at all. Even Homeboy's in there. I keep calling everybody Homeboy this week for some reason. The dude who plays Zemo in Captain America is basically oh, the shit. bad guy. That guy, that okay. actor. He's kind of like the yeah, main yeah. bad guy. I can't remember his name. But me yeah, neither. It doesn't matter. But like, he's there. He's pretty good. I like him. But like, I had a good time with it. Uh, it'll kill two hours. That's the other thing. It's not like excessively long. Like, it kind of gets in and out. Nice fun little action movie. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the second Sherlock Holmes movie, I think. Like the oh, Game of Shadows or whatever. With yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I didn't hate that movie as much as everybody else did. That's kind of what it reminded me of, though. This World War One set has vibes like Wonder Woman and like that because it's all set mm-hmm. around World War One. So, anyway, it worked for me. I didn't pay Ooh. for it. So, what are you going to do? Go check it out. <laughs> My geek guide for this week is Have you read this yet? The Batman Catwoman special? No, is that supposed to be the end of uh, Homeboy's <laughs> Fuck? See, I did it again. Is that supposed to be the end of Tom King's run? No, what it is, it's oh my um, god, more. It's it's an interlude basically in uh, Batman in the middle, sort of in the I don't know extended timeline or whatever of uh, Batman Catwoman. But uh, it's written by Tom King, but it's mostly a tribute to Jean Paul Leon, who passed away last year. Yeah, because he was originally supposed to do the art on this, and he did do oh. the layouts and some of the art before he died. So he passed away last year after like a long battle with cancer. And so uh, it has, you know, they, they finished the book with a couple other artists and put as much as they could of his work in it too. Um, But then like the last third of the book is just like a couple of lovely tributes to Jean-Paul Leon, as well as a bunch of pinups of like characters that he's done or like Batman being sad and stuff like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, the Batman Catwoman one that was in there, uh, got yeah, posted somewhere. So there were a bunch of, I mean, it's a Batman Catwoman Probably book. So Twitter. a lot of the artists decided to do like Batman Catwoman things, but yeah. some of them were really, and there was a static shock one in there too, because he was uh, one of the very early artists on static shock. Too, what? As well. Sorry. That was when yeah. issue four came out already. That was fast. For some reason, mm. I felt like it's only been two weeks. Anyway. <laughs> All right. With that, we will finish off this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And if you have anything you would like to talk to us about, any of the news we covered this week or about the book of Mando Fett, you can talk to us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash podcast. You can tweet at us at DRD underscore podcast. You can tweet at me directly at DRD underscore Tim. You can tweet at Mark at m underscore roulette and if you're not already subscribed to the podcast oh i didn't give our email you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com and if you're not already subscribed to the podcast you can do so on google podcast apple Podcasts, stitcher basically most places podcasts can be found and you can download or stream our episodes directly on podbean with that we will say good night folks say good night mark good night everybody this is Tim saying this is the way. Even the thing that I even my fucking tagline is is Mandalorian's tagline, not even Boba Fett. Yeah. Name one like really memorable thing Boba Fett said. No disintegration. Wait, nope, that's Darth Vader. Get me more, Daddy. I'm ending the episode now. That's... <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe maybe he's just a sadist. He just likes getting beaten. I hate you this. had cannon. I hate this show. I hate doing this. Bye. <laughs>